right, we back. My expert opinion, the greatest show in the world, 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 world. Hit that like, hit that share, let everybody know you in here. Don't cost you no paper unless you some mother. Hater, 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 you a hater, get, you know what I mean? Hit that subscribe button. Yo, Mac, you almost died like, <laughs> like five seconds ago. Yeah, not today though. Nah, the not angels today. was with him. Con stay there every day. Yeah. Um, I want to say uh, rest in peace to these chairs. Mm. <laughs> this is the last yeah. episode. It's the last time they'll be see. in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta get on. Rest in peace to a couple other people. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, it's going down, baby. It's going down. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, Sean, bigger man of God is not here, but we got the gang, gang. Yes. Salute, 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 salute. You know what I mean? Schemes, what up, man? No, nobody can't see. Nobody you can't over see there, you. Schemes, you gotta stand up. Yeah, just, oh, there he is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You remember this guy? Y'all remember this guy? Broken way. Make sure y'all tune in, man. I almost yeah. shot him over my hero. He ain't my hero. I almost shot him. <laughs> Crazy. Yo. Yeah, what up? You already. Get that my expert opinion merch, nigga. <laughs> Get the hat. Good looking. Word. T shirt is good. Everything is good. Everything is good. I'm blessed, man. But I have to say, man, you start this show every time and ask us how we doing. But how are you doing? How are yeah. you feeling? What's going on? Oh, I've been going through so much, man. So much. This is crazy. That's why we're here, man. We're here to talk yeah. about it, man. We're your therapist. My chicks is acting up, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> no, no, seriously. That's a lot. Um, that's, a lot. <laughs> and that's a whole nother episode. A whole nother episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. I do want to shout out my man, A Money Dreams. Yes. And, yes. Um, a Money. Yeah. A Money. Guys. A. Any, any a clothing brands? Any clothing brands that want to, you know, send your merch up here or uh, sponsor the show or any, any, any type of sponsorships, you can DM um, math.hafa. You'll be talking to Chastity, of course. So, ladies, if you're sending something through, just be like, Chastity, close your eyes. All right? See, that's why you have all the issues right in the first there. place. <laughs> <laughs> These are called self-inflicted issues. <laughs> it's okay. I do it all day. You know what I mean? But tonight... Move like that in that chair. Nah, my chair. He's the only one who can. <laughs> I think they know not to fuck with my chair. I don't know what it is. I just feel like they know don't fuck with my chair. Like, this one and that one. moving. Tonight, we got a super legend. When I talk about damn near 40 years in the game. Yeah. 40 years in the game and still doing amazing things, still touring, still killing it, still packing out. Like, Never trust a big butt and a smile. <laughs> I was burned in my head. <laughs> From the time I was five years old. That's a fact. And yet, to this day, this is why I, but this is why I have issues with my baby mothers. So I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is part of it. You know what I mean? Um, we talk about new addition. 
um, changing the game. Oh, that's shit. bigger man of God. Yeah, I don't know what the big <laughs> What we gonna do, bigger? I don't know. Somebody gotta like the door. Um, we talk about new edition. We talk about Velvet the Vogue. We talk about uh groups like ABC, Voice to Men, like you name it. This is not um, gonna work out well. And so many more artists. This man was responsible for changing the game so many times, and we get to hear his story tonight. We got Michael Gibbons. Yes. Not only that, let me just be clear, what network? No. AMC. AMC. We TV. We TV. There's going to be a special. And all black. All black. Yeah. Michael Bivens has a special coming up. Uh, it's dropping the 20th. August 24th. August 24th. Mm -hmm. Go check that out. We're yes. going to try to get as much out of them tonight. But I got a feeling you're going to have to go watch that doc to get the full story. All right? How you doing, sir? Bless. I made it. Yes. Six we, months. We were talking about <laughs> this for six months. That's but, a fact. But That's you know what it was, though? Yeah. You know how some niggas just talk because they just feel like they sitting home and they fiending for something? Right. I feel like I wanted to wait until I really had something to say. Right. And that's why I kept saying, bro, just let me get the doc done. Right. And I said, uh, with the crew, you know, watching you all the time, I just said that when I first step out and do my first interview, this is it right here. Right. That's right. a blessing right there. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, my, my legal brethren. Yes. Happy birthday. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Yes. Up. Yes, 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 yes. Double nickels. Double nickels. Uh, Leo. Yes. Leo. The characteristics of a Leo. Uh... Leo's in the building. There's a special confidence that comes from being a Leo that you have exerted since the start of your career. Mm. Um, tell us about the early years. Well, where you want to go? You want to go my early or the music industry? We, we want to go. Uh, is it different? Yeah, the, the, the nappy-headed kids, Okay. you know what I'm saying, on stage, okay. killing it. That. All right, well, to be honest with you, right, for me, I wanted to be in the NBA. Yeah. So my love is ball, street ball and dipping and da-da-da-da-da-da and all of that. And that's kind of like how we met. There was a recreational center in our project called the Orchard Park Rec Center. Right. And it was only four teams, 13 and under. Ralph and Ricky was on the Celtics. Me and Bob was on the Warriors and the other two teams. So we kind of got familiar with each other in the rec center, right. playing ball. And it was just interesting that after the games, we would shoot up to the nightclub and they would do matinee talent shows. And we would see Bob kind of in, you know, the talent shows being Michael Jackson, James Brown, whatever. How old were you at this time? Shit, when we was balling. Well, I started at eight. I think they joined the league maybe when they was 10. So this is like about 1978. This is around 1978. Damn. Mm. Listen, listen, this is why you, you look, you, you new age kids and your iPads and your, your Xboxes in the crib all the time. Yeah. These guys was playing ball and going to talent shows. Yeah. Like, come on, let's yeah. talk about it. But I wasn't in the show. I'm just looking at Bob, like, wearing disco shoes and shit. I'm like, what the hell? Right. But that was his thing. He was a pop locker. Right. And Ricky and Ralph were a duet. So they was going to Jamaica Plain Project singing 
and doing stuff there. I was just strictly in the projects playing ball. And I think just watching the challenge shows, we looked at it like, you know, let's start a group. So um, me, Ricky, and Bob started a group, and we added two more members, Corey and Travis. They're in the movie, right? right? And um, that was New Edition, 1978. And we just did one rehearsal with the Godfather, Brooke Payne. And he's mm. like, nah, y'all ain't got it. Mm. But that mm. day, he had a 8 by 10 picture of Tavares, you know, Penny for Your Thoughts, all yeah. that. And he said, but you know, y'all go work on y'all stuff. Y'all not really ready, but just the name of y'all's group. And he wrote New Edition on the picture. Mm. And um, that group kind of just fell apart for two years. Wow. And then Rick had the magical answer. He said, yo. I got that dude. We was like, well, who? He said, Ralph Tresman. We was like, oh, shit. Mm. So in 1980, it was just four of us. Right. You know, Ronnie came a little later. But um, we was tearing up the talent shows, this, that, and the third, winning everything. They kicked us out of talent shows. Mm. They was like, nah, y'all niggas is always winning. So we became, <laughs> we became special guests. Right. And then Brooke and our other managers, Travis, he was like, yo, man, you know, these shits is packed, we winning, let's throw our own shows. Mm -hmm. And Brooke was like, all right, well, if we gonna do our own shows, let me add another piece. So here come Ronnie. Cause everything with Brooke is when the lead singer's getting fly, he wants steps to the left, steps to the left. So he does everything in pairs. So mm -hmm. Ron joined in around 1982. And then that's the Candy Girl crew. That's the story you ask him about. Mm, awesome. Legendary. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. So, okay, all right. Uh, the Candy Girl crew, uh, the, the record, once that hit, like what was the response? How did your life change? Well, shit. When it was on the radio, it was on a college radio station first, WRBB, mm -hmm. shout to Skeeter. And uh, you know, back then we had a- How old were you at that time? We were like 83, like 14. 14. Yeah, so we trying to call each other but we only have one line ways and shit. Right. So niggas is calling, but the blind is busy. We're calling <laughs> each other at the same time. Right. Yo, listening to the radio. Right. And um, it was just, it was different because people thought they were listening to Michael Jackson, mm. but they was listening to Ralph Tresby. Right. So people was like, oh, you heard the new Jackson 5. It was like, no, oh, that's no addition. The name is still building in Boston. And it just seemed like when we went outside in the projects, you know, Little more looks from the girls with the, you know, the Vaseline on the hair and shit. You know, I'm, you know, I'm balling and I'm up at the boys' club Saturday mornings playing Junior Pro. But remember, Soul Train came on Saturday mornings. Right. Niggas is like, yo, I just seen you on TV. I'm like, nah, nigga, that's a tape show. It's right. like, oh, so you could just feel as teenagers we started to become popular. Right. And we were still like heavy in the projects. Mommies were still getting food stamps. And we was just, you know, we was learning how to deal with the popularity. Right. You know, but and the I popularity and the, and and the, the money, money was not balanced. balanced out. Well, to us, the money was good because we was getting $50, $25. So 14 with 25 and 83, nigga, that's a stack. Mm. That ain't that bad. I think what y'all talking about is when we went on tour. Right. Well, niggas was giving me $25. I'm buying sneakers. I'm thinking of some Converse's, a t-shirt. That felt like money. Right. And I think um, as we started touring and 
getting into that money, then that's when it started getting funny. All right. But we was good. We we was good. I want to say shout out to Ralph because we got the same birthday. May 16th? May 16th. Taurus? Mm. Nice. Spoke to Ralph yesterday. He just texted me today and said, I love you, bro. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. so Shout I tell him you said hi. That's what's up. Yeah. I know we're going to get into this later, but the fact that y'all have managed to stay this cool for this long, when there are people who can't stand each other after a couple of years, you know, the tell-all books start coming out, and y'all been, like, so tight. And I know there's internal beef. Of course, there has to be. But the fact that y'all have managed to hold it together all this time is, a, is a testament in Man. itself. Right. 40, I don't know if I can go four days with some people. Maybe 40 <laughs> years, like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's it a time machine. How do you, what's the, and we're going to go back to the story. Yeah. I don't want to get off, but how do you, how do you navigate the internal issues? There's got to be some kind of system that y'all, y'all have well, to keep it. Were there any issues then? Nah, when we was younger, our only issue was, you know, how we could get back to regular life. Because after school, we would be at Brooks' house or Bobby's living room, and we would rehearse from like four to eight o'clock. So we didn't have no after-school activities. You right. know what I mean? Brooke was a regiment. Like yo, we lip-syncing for the talent shows. We didn't even have the music out, but his whole shit was y'all gonna be professional before the record come out. And we didn't really, you know, really wasn't no funky shit. We was friends after practice. You know, Ralph, Rick, and Bob, Ron, they may go over there. I might got to go play a game. We see each other the next day. It, it was love. It wasn't none of that. You know what I mean? We didn't look at ourselves like, I'm bigger than you. You're less than mm -hmm. me. We just looked at it like, damn, when is practice over? Like, I want to, you know, yeah. but we was committed to the showmanship that Brooke was teaching us. So we was good. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. at an early age. So from then, Candy Girl. What happened? Tour so comes from up. then, the tour comes up. The first tour? Yeah. Grandmaster Flash. Was this before um, Telephone Man? Telephone Man is the second album. Second, okay. Our, our first show was at the Coca Banner in New York City. Hmm. It was just a bunch wow. of white people and shit. You know, we up in this shit look like Scarface. Niggas with tuxes and bow ties. And we yeah. like, oh shit, we just jumping around 100 miles an hour. Yeah. It was like, okay, this is New York. But then we came back the next weekend, we went to the pier and we seen them three leather jacket niggas with the hats and shit. We was like, that's it, like that. So that was our first outside show with running them. Mm. And then we um, did a lot of shows with running them at the Beacon Theater. And then we went on a little small tour with running them in the other theaters. And then we got the call to go out with Grandmaster Flash. Mm. And that, that was some other shit. That was a three week tour. That's the one with the dollar 87 and all the money funny shit. Right. But just hanging with Mel and Scorp and you know, that whole thing and watching Flash, good time, good, all that. Mm -hmm. We was just learning how to do a show. And then we got a crazy call after that tour and all that funny shit. And then the nigga with the Mary Jane called us. Big James. Ooh. He said, y'all come with me. Mm -hmm. So we on tour with Stone City Band, Mary Jane Girls, Rick James. You know, this nigga had like a thing called like a little clear, little diamond thing. And he just turned to the side, clicked that bliggity. Y'all motherfuckers ready? 
And then boom, Mary Jane, and the whole crowd going crazy. Mm -hmm. And we just little niggas on the side of the stage like, oh shit. We, you got to come out on stage with some type of excitement. And back then, niggas was, you know how niggas say, put a light in the air? Mm -hmm. Niggas was putting blunts in the air and easy waters in the air. So the whole crowd's up here and he's singing. And we was like, okay, this is how you put on the show. show. That's right. where we learned it from, Rick James. Okay, we're rewinding right. to that dollar eighty-seven. Yeah, I didn't want to skip past that either. Um, what was? Can you can you break down who how that even happened? Wow. Well, dollar eighty-seven. Right? You're asking me now what I think. Mm -hmm. I think um, our advantages did the best they could. We was on a tour bus with twenty-two people listening to some people from New York, and they was picking up the money. And I think they was on some yayo shit. And I think every night we would pick up our money, it would just go up in the air. And because we was getting our 50 and 100, which to us is per diem. But now, nigga, we pay them and we take the rest. We didn't really understand the structure of how, how the paper went. So um, when we came home after three weeks, I think, honestly, if I could remember, you know, and I don't normally remember this, we was only making 1500 a night. We was doing three songs, Popcorn Love, Candy Girl, Is This The End. As a group? Uh-huh. Opening up for Grandmaster, though. Right, right. So we on that tour, right? And then I think, it was three weeks, so maybe what you could do, maybe three or four shows a week, four or three, 21 shows, maybe give or take 25. What we came home, what was crazy is the tour bus came into the bricks and shit. Niggas is getting off with their bags and this, that, and the third. And you know, he's like, yo, I'm trying to get home. I'm missing leagues and games. And it was just one interesting day, a couple of days later. I'm out in the park whipping and dipping. And here comes Ricky and um, Bob. And they running and shit, because we lived in parts of the projects. I lived on one side. Ricky, Bob, and Ralph lived on another. So it'd take a little 15-minute walk to get to the front. Right. And they running, yo, yo, Mike, Mike. I'm on the court, the little game. I'm like, oh, hold up, hold up. So when I get finished, they like, yo, they took our money. We only got a dollar eighty-seven, nigga. Niggas can't even come to my crib. My mom's and them is pissed. And I'm like, oh shit. But I didn't even feel it the way they felt it. Cause I'm still transitioning from ball to music. And I'm like, damn, man, you know, I ain't know how to be mad, cause my mama gave me two dollars every day. So I felt like they was kind of 13 cents short. Right. I'm like, hey, I got two dollars. I'm not really <laughs> mad. Not understanding mm. the dolly 87 is all oh, we got. God, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I just wanted to get back to the game. <laughs> right? And um, I went in the crib, right? You know, mom made the spaghetti that day. I'm sweating, played about four or five games. And she's like, so I got the call from Miss Brown. And Mr. Bowen, you know, we got to have a meeting. We got to talk about this. I'm like, yeah, mom, but I don't know why they mad. She said, well, there's a lot to it. I said, man, you know, I got $2. I, I don't care. And she was like, no, you need to care. Because you went out there and did all those shows and you got to stop paying attention. So from that day, I transitioned into paying attention. Because I knew it affected them too. Well, and I said, okay. Somebody got watched the money. That was it. Is that, that when you started to really dive into the business? Yeah, because I, I had one foot in and I had one foot out. Right. 
But then I was like, you know, this shit is real. Like, you know, we in the music business, not just in the concert business. We in the business of music. And the show is how you make money that night. Fuck that royalty check. That shit comes six months, 12 months, um, 18. But right. nigga, you go up in the building, you go to the bathroom and get your second half. That's how you can get home sometime. Now, I'm going to catch a flight. I'm out of here. And they was taking that, that quick money. Yo, we need some pizza, we need some chicken. Yo, we don't got no money. So that money in that box office, you got to always remember, that's the most important. That's like direct connect. Right. You feel me? Wait, did you ever figure out where the money went exactly? Yeah. And who was responsible yeah. for it? Did you follow up or I mean, just left know. it alone? We let them live. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving right along. But we know, man. So. We know. Right. We know. But of and course, they know if they watch. But of course, he was out the picture after that. Absolutely. Did that did that happen and cause any dissension between you and the other group members? Nah. Just, just like I said, Bob and Rick, solid. you know, they were upset. I didn't really deal with Ralph, but Ronnie and my mom spoke all the time. Ricky and um, Ralph's mom spoke and Miss Brown. She kind of was... The managing parent a little bit more aggressive to shit. We we didn't look at it as crazy as it sounds back then, because it was the first time. Mm -hmm. We just knew what we needed to do to correct it for the next time. Right. You right. know, and we corrected that on the Rick James shit. You know, we got our money. And plus Rick made sure we got our shit. Mm -hmm. So when we Rick come James. backstage, Rick would be sitting on the cases, bro, smoking the joint, throwing it away, maybe 10 before the show. But he was like, yo, look out for them little niggas. They're good. Take care of them. And he allowed us to use a band. Everybody else made us use a tape. He said, no, no, no. Y'all going to elevate. We was going to Providence, Rhode Island. We was doing a tape show on his first show. He said, no, 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 no. Them steps, that shit need the band and the music like his show. Mm -hmm. So Rick gave us the opportunity in Providence, Rhode Island. He gave us 15 minutes at home. And we went to motherfucking work. We've been with a live band since. Shout out nice. to Rick James. Shout out to Rick James. Rick James. Never mind who you thought I was. Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> Love that man, man. Rest in peace. Well, what, was it, what was it like around Rick? Um, you know, honestly, man, you know how you look at a nigga, you be like, yo, I like his sneakers. We complimented back then. Now, nigga. Pay you no mind. Mm. Rick's skin was just like butter. Hair was mm -hmm. always beautiful. He was always clean and he was open. So when we would be on tour, even though it's his tour, it's everyone's tour. Mm. And when we went through Buffalo, it's the first time I ever seen some shit like that. He had an indoor pool. He threw the after tour party. Everybody else was old, amazing girls walking around. And we, you know, ooh shit, look at you know. We the only little niggas in the party. Right. But, <laughs> but did, did you see Charlie Murphy in there? No. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> no, but you know who you know who was really close? Charlie Murphy. Rick Word. and Eddie were close. Yeah. Those was those niggas was like that. And, Eddie um, Murphy, yeah. And then they had a girl between them, Val Young. She was doing the cooking and the singing. That was a beautiful person that um Rick and Eddie Loved a lot. She would come and cook the food for everybody mm -hmm. to sing her ass off. She was on the Death Row records. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. just his just his fruitfulness to his crib, to the way you're supposed to live. 
You know what I mean? Remember, he was writing the songs. He had Stone City. He had the Mary Jane. He was a production company on tour. But it's an era that niggas don't remember because some people are too young that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But he helped me see how you supposed to move with groups and how you have a tour ending party and make sure everybody eat and the food is right and it's festive and the door is open. As opposed to just, all right, you think it's just going about your business. business. Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. dude. Great dude. Mm. 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 Okay, so from there, what happens next? Um, there's so many things though, Matt. Don't forget it's new addition, nigga. We got tentacles that go a thousand yeah, ways. You like, gotta help okay. me. I gotta I, go right. where you want me to go. Give it up for the second album. Okay. Second tour, second album. Yeah. Okay. You gotta get in the studio and make these new records. Okay. Are there writers? Like what's the process like? Um, before we move on, it's, it's, it's only right we acknowledge Maurice Starr. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not enough people talk about him. But Maurice Starr in Boston was our version of Barry Gordy. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's the one that said, you know, I'm going to make these records on y'all, which we really um, didn't know what was going on. And, mm -hmm. you know, Ralph was really used a lot on the first album. You know, right. excuse me, rightfully so. And um, we just noticing, you know, Jealous Girl, Candy Girl, Is This the End, and the album shaping and molding. And, um, you know, the rest of us are trying to figure out, you know, they're going to get a part. They're going to get a part, something. Right? Yeah, so, something, right. You know, we trying to find out who we were. And um, he helped us become his vision of the Jackson Five. Mm -hmm. And he moved that machine through Ralph. And he found the roles for Bobby and Ricky, and then he brought me and Ronnie along slowly. So we took his teaching to the next album, which we didn't make with him. Which to me, because of a couple of business things between us, I always wondered what would our second album sound like with his sound. Mm -hmm. Cause he had that that African bimbada funky shit going. He was that planet rock, you know, the vocoder that Teddy and um, you know, um Zap be doing Roger did. He was on that shit and he made some nice, funky, ghetto, young people records. But um we ran into some new producers and then we ran into a legend with um Ray Parker Jr. that did telephone. Mm. So I think honestly. The second album to me moved a little more mainstream, whereas the first album was a little more basement. Right. You know, cool it now. To me, it was just a, another version of Candy Girl. Mm. The Telephone Man with Bob was just rich mm. and just soulful, and it was young. And then it had the temptations, the vocal switching and shit. I had a talking part. So I felt like we started finding out who we were. And I thought that album gave us a bigger audience because Cooler Now and Telephone Man went all the way to like Dick Clark and all that. It was, mm -hmm. it was moving, it started with Soul Train, but it started, you know, we performing on other TV shows, white shows, big shows. And I think the second album opened it up a little bit. Were, were any of these songs um, geared towards anybody? <laughs> or did you guys direct them towards anybody? As far as what? The music? As far as like, okay. So watching the special one, you guys, we know that by this time, the environment's changing. 
Um, we had a, another Boston legend in here yesterday, Benzino. He was explaining, you know, what was happening in Boston and you guys being from the project, shit was changing. Um, Bobby's running around with girls and getting chicks pregnant and shit like that. <laughs> was the cooler like, yo, Bobby, cool it down, man. what you doing? Like, was y'all like doing that with each other or was, was it just writing like, Um, she, like, like me and Bob was in the group together, Ricky and Ralph was together. Right. And Bob to me was like a project kid. He never really left the project. He was just a pop locker and a dancer. So it was kind of hard to say he was wildin' when he was just young. Right. I didn't really see him like, you know what I mean? He, he the man you go see in the hallway or he the man sitting in the car, that, that's not Bob. Right. You know, I think um, Bob humping on stage, you know, probably getting arrested for that, put a little, little pepper on his salt. You feel me? Right. But in mm -hmm. terms of a young teenage kid, he was just wanting to throw parties. You want to throw a party, this, that, and the third. He had one girlfriend who was the mother of his two children. And um, I didn't see that, and I'm right here beside him. But I think... Um, a couple of his incidents in the press. And we know Bob, he looked at that like, oh shit, that's working. So he just stayed in that mode. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And he know he listened to me like, Mike, don't get too deep with it. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it stay the myth. But right. he, he was a good kid. He wasn't like that. And I think um, he just wanted to be a star. So he moved like a star. Right. He the one that told us we was gonna be on Soul Train. So he was more into it than anybody else. Right. So he would wear the leather jacket with no shirt. He's like, yo, this what the fuck the stars wear. <laughs> but he wasn't, he ain't, he ain't stick nobody up. And he, he didn't move no corners like that. They went yeah. hard to paint him in that light, though. In the, huh? in the press, they went hard to paint him to, in to that paint light. Him as a bad well, it boy. started in the South when they told him don't do the pelvic thrust because they didn't want it for the kids. And Bob still did it and ran off stage. <laughs> so I think that moment there, I think that moment there put the pepper in it. Mm, right. Is that a crime? Is that a crime? I think that's what they were saying. I don't know if it was Augusta or Savannah. It was making, it was somewhere where they told him don't do it. And he just still did it and broke out. So the show was cut short, he broke out. And I think um Yeah, have a woman out for his arrest for him. I think they I think <laughs> they was looking for him. If God, I can remember, man, they was crazy. looking for him. And um I think that's probably just, you know. What was your reaction to that? Like you on stage and then you're like, uh, Bob, don't do it, don't do it. Ah, don't, don't, I don't think I don't but you know what? <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think it was a new edition show. Mm. I think uh, that was his shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. You okay. know what I'm saying? The nigga can't run off on our show. <laughs> you don't run off on our brook. Be hell no. Nah, nah, nah. We gonna start this motherfucker together. We gonna end together. Right. And um, I think that was his tour. And I think he was just finding himself. I mean, to be honest with you, when you sit with him, he could tell you more. But Bob wanted to be like Rick James, so he was doing what he saw as a fifteen-year-old. Right. Mm. You know, shirt off, pumping, and whatever that was. And, so, his nickname was Flash B. That was his way of being that, you know? 
maybe to, to further to further Mav's question, with all the songs you guys created at that time, did art imitate life? Like, were there things happening in you guys' lives individually or collectively where y'all was like, yo, we got to write a song about this? Right. Or get someone to write a song about this? Um, I think on the second album, Ralph and Ricky wrote Leaving You Again. Mm. And um, those two were turning out to be songwriters within our crew. And that's the record that Sierra and Bow Wow did over. They did the music right. over. Yeah. Yep. And um, they were ahead of their time. You know, they were on there, Jimmy and Cherry, and I think that record was probably the first emotional statement. And I really don't know who they was talking about, but it was just amazing looking at them with the little Task Cam 4 track and Ralph and Rick and their writing. Those was our, um, those was our first stars as production. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's y'all were ahead of your time with so many different things. The, the modern day boy band as we know it, there were other groups, but the dancing at the same time, singing at the same time, all the coordination, that was new. Every time I look around, it's new additions. Insane. Uh, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. All, all of them dudes, all yeah. just came from the new additions Edition. reading me. Mm -hmm. Did you understand that you were doing something that different when it was happening? Um. Well, see, man, we could recognize our shit, which is Brooks shit. You could, you could recognize stepping. And you gotta remember, people have to make a distinction between dancing and stepping. New Edition is a stepping group. And Ralph, Ricky, and Bob, and Ron were pop lockers, so that's why in the first videos you can see that. That was the dancing part, but we were stepping. So it's kinda like some of the groups were doing dance moves like what Usher would do with mm -hmm. five people. But you can't do our shit and not know that's our shit. That's our shit. But we got our stuff from Brooke, who got his from Blue Magic to Temptations mm -hmm. and groups like that. So we we looked at it like those groups over there sold more records. Those groups over there were set up different. They were white groups. So it's a different audience. But we looked at it like we controlled all the black girls. And we and 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 to this day, the new edition for Life is might be one of the strongest fan foundations ever to be in the music business between the artists and their audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our shit is real. And it, and it ain't just girls no more, it's niggas too. And you feel it when you at the show because if a dude with his girl, he's stepping harder than the girl because now he grew up with us and he's like, yo, those is. Those is my naked. Yeah. Yeah. So this shit here, they doing that shit yeah. in the audience too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It right. ain't no one feeling yeah. like, nah. 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 Yeah. And nah, when I'm on stage, I'm pointing the shit to niggas' mouth, and niggas just like, everything is, you know. Right. And he's right there with his girl. I'm like, no, I'm looking at your girl. Nah, Mike, nigga, what's good? <laughs> you know, right. and you, you figured. That took, <laughs> that, that, that took, that took years. Right. Of saying, come on in. We for y'all too. We right. for y'all too. It's real shit in there. Just come on in. And we understand the music, but right. behind the music, you know, we, we get it. All right. So before we get into the, the solo deal starting to happen, you're still kids from the projects. When you're getting off tour and you're going back to these projects, and we're, we're talking during the crack era. What's going on? 
what are you seeing? Are you seeing the change in the environment? That's, that's a good question. Well, you know the crazy shit is this, right? You, you 84, 85. This is um, the third album, All For Love. Mm -hmm. And um, we selling out and Bob's gone. He left, it's just four of us. Mm -hmm. And Bob, Ricky, Ron, Ralph, all moved to LA. Everyone left the projects. I'm still there, right? How old was you by then? Um, 15, 16, bro. Mm -hmm. 15, 16. I just got my first whip of 190E, Mercedes Benz and shit. I had it delivered to Madison Square Garden on the last show. At 15? About 16. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I had that shit from Detroit, nigga, with the with the BBS rooms and the the AMG kit. Mm. It's on the cover of the doc, right? So it's delivered to the show, and um, it was an interesting drive home. I had the phone in the shit in the middle. I had the sheepskin with the emblem in it. Right. I'm on my drug dealer shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a call. I, well, I'm on the phone, and I'm like, Mom, what's my number? I'm I'm happy and shit. I can talk and do all this shit. She's right. like, hang up, I'll call you back. So, you know, I had to tell her because you couldn't read the numbers back. I said, Ma, I missed the number, let me tell you. So she called me back. She said, baby, um, I'm gonna tell you something. I said, what's up, Ma? She said, we don't live there no more. I'm on 95, shit going north. I'm like, huh? She's like, no, no, no. She said, we moved to Cambridge. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Ma, what are you doing? I'm like, yo, what about my friends? She said, you're going to meet new friends. I said, you got to be kidding me. So I'm going home thinking I'm going back to the projects. I'm the only one still there. That's home to me, right? And she said, nah, we out of here. So I drove to a whole nother section in Boston. You know, we had a front door and shit in the back. I was like, oh, this shit is fancy. <laughs> like, I, we never had that in the projects. Right, we right. had the, the little living room, the upstairs. <laughs> it, it was an upgrade, right? Right. Check this out. That summer, the God and the niggas from Queens knew Jack City Dot Projects. So they came from Queens, set up shop in Orchard Park, which is the N2D movie. Mm. And everything started mm. changing. So to mom, I would have been right in the middle of that. Fighting for some shit, that's not my battle. Mm. Damn, that was wow. the illest shit that ever happened. Wow. And that's I a, mean, that's and they set up story. shop too. So you got niggas yeah. in the project pushing back, you know, different people from other cities. Yeah, it was a war out there. It was New York, New York niggas in Boston. Yeah. Right? And it was that summer. Wow. Just got out. Uh, for those of you that don't know, In Too Deep was definitely based on the projects in, in Boston. In Boston, yeah. 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 Yep. So all that God shit, that, that shit really was going yeah. down. Yeah. I never yeah. met them. I'm just, you know, I heard the stories, but I was like, oh shit. So I say that to say, whatever she was feeling walking through while I was on tour with her purse, the building, the niggas in the front of the building, hey, you go with your mama, you go with your daddy, you listen. Right. That's, she's feeling the fabric, I'm not even around for two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Something don't feel right. right. And mm -hmm. it was a great call. Mm. Real quick, spinning back, what was it? <laughs> what was it like when Bobby said he was leaving? Um, How did they even get there? Um, 
you know, he didn't say he was leaving. He he, he got kicked out. <laughs> he got and, kicked and, out uh, the whip. Yeah, and um, it, you know, like I think about, I think I said even in my doc, it was, it was kind of wrong for us to do it, listening to the managers and. You know, it wasn't one thing. Sometimes, you know, Bob would, you know, maybe not come to practice or be in sleep during practice. He just wanted to perform. He didn't like, you like AI, man. Fuck this practice. I just wanted to go on. And rightfully so, he had that raw showmanship. I just think we mentally got separated and we left him behind. Was that intentional or? No, 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 we just, we was trying to be on some real professional shit, not really understanding how do you work around what he's fighting against. Right. See, you learn this shit now. Yeah. Back then, you're like, damn, nigga, where you at? You're like, yo, I'm good, I'm here, let's do the show. And when you that young and people like, hey, this kid is messing up, we thinking what he's doing gonna send us back instead of like, yo, it's me, nigga, ain't, ain't nothing changed. Right. And I, I recognize that. And um, we had an ill fight on stage in Oakland in front of the whole fucking audience, 10,000 people. We oh, fucking booming and buffing in front of each other. The drummer, they think this is a part of the show. Yeah. How did it get to that? To that fight? Yeah, yeah. how did it get to the bro? Well, it was like we was performing Telephone Man, and that's his joint. Telephone Man went into Cool It Now. And, you know, at the end, you know, nigga, ad living ad living and Adam, and we got our hands in there for like three minutes, like, come on, nigga. And so, <laughs> and so, and so you know, Ralph and Ricky are comedians and shit in real life. They like, yo, the next time we do that shit, we gonna turn around and go into the show. And I'm like, man, we can't do that shit. Go into yeah. the show. Finish the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like leave him ad living and shit and spin around and <laughs> go in the cooler now. Crazy, right? <laughs> so it's the next night in Oakland, Coliseum sold out. And um it's the end of telephone, man. Bob got his shit on. He's still I don't even know what the fuck he was singing, but he's still doing it and he looking back at us and shit. And we holding our hand up. <laughs> right? And then Ron spins around. Rick spins around, Ralph spins around, and I don't. And I'm going, no, nigga, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. And I like, turn around, Mike. I'm like, nah, nigga. So Bob looked at us, looked at the crowd, said, fuck y'all. Took the mic and threw it up in the air. That motherfucker was coming straight down on Ronnie's head. And because I'm here, uh -huh. I do this. Boom. And I push Ron off, so right. the mic dropped. Boom. And then he leaves. Who? Bob. Bobby. Okay. Always breaking up. So <laughs> we're going to cool it now with just the four of us. All right. And then it's the funniest shit. So I'm on stage. My rap is about to come and shit. My main shit. I wait all night for this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and um, B come up the ramp and shit with a jacket on and no shirt. Or maybe out his robe. I got to remember. Whatever, the nigga was damn near naked. He come up, and he waiting and shit, and he do your shit. He stopped beatboxing his shit, and it was over my shit. Oh, man. I was mad than the motherfucker, man. Because you ain't the one that, you the one, the only stay, one that didn't stay, turn around. Stay with me. Right. And I'm saying that, 
yo, nigga, I didn't turn around. So <laughs> beatboxing. And then um, I got mad because it's like my part goes, then Ron comes, then my part. I ain't even do my second part. I just slammed the mic, boom, and ran around the drum and we ba 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 and the crowd looking like, yo, is this a part of the show? <laughs> shit? We going and going and going and going. And um, and we fought all the time. I don't know what the fuck we was thinking. And then they sent Bob home. Mm. And that's what it was. Who's that? Mm. The managers. Mm. They sat him down and, you know, I wasn't mad at what they did. I was mad at what he did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I was still trying to say, nigga, I'm with you, but you know, the show is the show. Yeah. But you know, you don't, at that age, the dream is still being lived and we kinda, you know, we clipped it too soon. Mm -hmm. And you know, he might've not made it to girlfriend. He might've not made it to don't be cruel, but he had a strong mama and, um, he had a president who um, went to Boston who really liked Bob a lot. Like, he thought Bob was a star, Gerald Busby. And that's my godfather. So we extremely close. That's who's grooming me. And um, he said, Mike, I'm going to Boston. But we're all moving as four. I'm like, oh, okay. He said, I'm going to go see Miss Carol and uh, Bobby. I need to check on them. And Joe gets on the plane. And they didn't put this in the movie. I told them niggas, put this in the movie. And he catches the car, man, from Logan. And he pulls up in the projects, nigga from South Central. So he, he know what it is. And he goes up in the crib. And he sits down, he tells me what he told her. Hey, Miss Brown, I got a deal for your son. You know, but y'all need to make a decision. So I guess they have some more talk, talk. But the car's outside running. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Mike, you know, as I'm sitting there, I'm looking around, I'm looking at Bobby, you guys are doing your thing. And I just looked at her and I looked at him and he said, listen, I'm going back to the airport. This is it. Either you take this deal and this opportunity or he could stay here and die. I'm going to LA. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they hooked up and he pulled Bob in. That's how he got the girlfriend. That was mm -hmm. the hook that put him back on, Joe mm -hmm. Busby. Mm. Wow. Damn. Wow. So how did y'all feel like seeing that? Like, all right, y'all doing y'all thing, but then Bobby's like going ham. It's almost like he got rewarded for, for fucking yeah. up. Did y'all no, re no, regret? No, just young niggas that was too much in our head. Nah, he didn't get awarded, he earned it. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, um, we felt it. We felt the success. Just a great record. Don't be cruel, prerogative. You know, Roni, Rock, which is, just is monsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he had a, he was growing into his, um, niggas used the word swagger, but I would say he was growing into his star mode and understanding how to record the record, make the video, translate it to concert. And then if you look at Bob, he had a nice body. No slim nigga cut up. All his pictures, he ain't had no shirt on. So mm -hmm. real niggas was rocking with him because he had a, a feel that was relatable and he had the joints. So he kind of slid off into the street shit while New Edition was still 
on the professional shit. Right. So he grew into it. And he probably had something to prove to us. I think we had he had an undertone, so you know, fuck that with y'all. All right, fuck that. You know, we project kids, so we talk to each other like that. And uh, right. Ronnie heard the album first. Mm. He said, This motherfucker's a monster. And we was making any heartbreak, but he heard Don't Be Cool. He said, Man, mm. that nigga had, got joints. Had, um, Tenderoni. What was the other one? Just don't rock with you. Rock don't with you. Rock with you. All that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of his, bro. But another. He asked, what was we Every thinking? Step. Yeah. Yeah. A kid in our group, Ronnie, who got really good ears, he heard the album. He told us it was serious. Mm -hmm. I just saw the, I saw the elevated shit and prerogative and said, this nigga's on one. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it, this is it. You know, and, and you just respected it because I knew it from knowing him. Me and him was in groups together, nine and eight. So I seen him come up. He was a fan of me in the gym. I was a fan of him at the talent show. We was like polar opposites. Right. Bob wasn't like a 24-7 a, a ball player, but you know, he wanted to be on the team. I wasn't a 24-7 singer, but I wanted to see him, you know, go do his shit. And that's how we got down. So, Did you mm. worry about him? Well, you were yeah, were y'all in contact during yeah. that time? Um, well, in our projects, everybody knows everybody. So, mm -hmm. you know, you hear, you hear what it is, but you know, it was um, a little space, little airspace, a little bit. Rightfully so, you know. I'll be in airspace too. Niggas kick me out. Mm. Did y'all have a vote on that, or was that just all the management? Yeah, we we did have a vote. And, and even the way that vote is, is stories behind that vote. And the vote should have never happened. It ain't even worth a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't clip niggas that young. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, um, you know. And the crazy shit is what fucked me up is me and him had a fight and it, it got serious. You know, like scissors, <laughs> scissors and, let him tell it and then I'll come behind him. Like, <laughs> right? So it, it involved it involved dumb it, it involved dumbbells, scissors, candy machine. What? Yeah, 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 it was it was in LA in Glendale. Wow. It was when the car ran over my foot for real. We got to the hotel and bop 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 in the in the parking lot. We get over in the what? lobby. Mm. Car ran over my foot and he laughed. His car, oh, and he laughed? Yeah, and I, you know, fuck you, I'm cursing, and we getting in and we elbowing, because all five of us were sitting in the back seat. So as soon as the door opened, <laughs> bah, 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 we in the parking lot. And then we get in the lobby, I'm trying to throw the candy machine on him, the motherfucker's too heavy. And then we go up in the room, <laughs> we go up in the room, and I'm trying to pick up a 50-pound dumbbell. <laughs> and you know the telephone man video? You ever seen that? Yeah. yeah. Big dude Kyle L. He yeah. from Newark. And mm -hmm. um, he punches me, boom, knock me into the wall. Pow, I'm hitting the door. I go down. Bob's laughing again. <laughs> right? So he laughing. Me and my Leo shit, I'm getting mad. So Kyle used to cut out here. I grabbed the scissors. I'm trying to get at him. Kyle punched me again. Boom. You know the shit in the holiday game where it got the pamphlets on the back of the door? Yeah. Knocked that motherfucker down. Boom. And I fell out. And they shot me. They put me in this place, the Oakwood, for two fucking weeks by myself. 
I'm just sitting in this room. And they just, you know, yo, we need to kick Mike out. This nigga's crazy. You know, calling my mom and... Hey, put him in a hole. Yeah. Two weeks. No, no, no. No, this real talk. Two, two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. I'm by myself, right? And they're having their conversation. I'm having no contact with these niggas. And then one day I get the call and they like, you can come back around. And I go in the studio and it's the telephone man song. Ray Parker never gave up my talking, talking spot, you know. And he went in and he said, Mike, I got a part for you. But I ain't seen my niggas in two weeks, so I'm here, they here. I guess they was waiting for me to say, I'm sorry. They not saying nothing to me, but they were receptive. And I found out um, Bob um, told the managers, nah, I don't kick Mike out. I said, I know he wilded out and tried to get at me, but he didn't get at me. So he stood ground for me where I didn't for him. Mm. Yeah. That's a good yeah. How y'all clapping? That's official. How y'all clapping? That's official, man. That's official. Yeah, no, yeah clapping Bob, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of... For him, too. For him, for what he did on the stage, Because real talk, they took a vote. Yeah. And he was like, nah, nah, we can't do that. So... The please operator, see what you can do. That motherfucking part waited. But you know the craziest shit? I said this to Ron. I said, nigga, you're in the studio. Handsome nigga, you know. Pretty nigga, dancing nigga. <laughs> I, I, I never understood why Ray didn't just give it to Ron and the song would be done. Mm. Bob's the chorus. Rick's a verse. Ralph's a verse. Ron don't have no part. Right. Mm. See where I'm going with this? So he's sitting in there two or three days. And I'm like, damn, I would have thought he would have did the part, then the record be done. But that day I got back, man, I I walked in and knocked that motherfucker out in two or three takes. Mm. And he the only one not on the record. Mm. So that that song to me is my homecoming. Mm. Real talk. That makes sense. Is, is that sense. why he got the part in, wait, wait, we're going too fast. Going too fast. I know where you're going. Wanted back. Wanted back. Okay, so Bobby leaves. Voted out. Second album we just talked about. Then we go to right. the third Voted album. Voted the third. Yeah. Voted out. You're working on the third. Bobby's gone. Bobby's gone, right? What's the contrast? You guys are hearing his music. Is it a vibe of, yo, turn that shit off? No, no. No. Nah, 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 we ain't straight out of Compton. Nah, nigga, we, we celebrate. <laughs> we, we, we realize at that point, we young men, we go on tour together. It's the Heartbreak Tour. There's no edition closing. I'll be short in the middle, Bob opening. In those 30, 30 minutes, he, um, he went to fucking work. He made it a little tough for Al, you know? Mm. By the middle of the tour, Al and Bob switched places. Mm. So Al went on first. Bob went in the middle. And some nights he left some smoke. Mm. Some nights. And I know the crowd thought some nights he would peel back and come on stage with us. We didn't do it. Maybe once or twice we did it. So we walked with it. Because see, back then, it's like boxing, right? What makes a good fight? The champion and the number one, right? Right. 
Now niggas don't even do that with chores. Niggas that are number one niggas, everybody want to separate. But when you put the number ones together, that's multiple nights because that's what the fuck the people want to see. Right. You want to get bullshit. Take that nigga and just rehearse better. Mm. We took him with us. So he, he, you know, he just got better. And with those songs in the crowd, we was just proud. And we just, um, you know, we watched it. You know, we didn't have no feelings like that. We would watch the show and be like, God, man, this nigga's smoking. And, it, and, and, and he had the joints and he had the bravado. But by any heartbreak, you had replaced him with Johnny Gill. We didn't replace him with Johnny Gill. Johnny just joined the group. He can't Fair. replace nobody. Can't replace Fair, enough. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. During this time, y'all was um, playing a lot of celebrity basketball because I remember being a kid coming to the YMCA and the most, one of the amazing things was New Edition. It was at the mm -hmm. YMCA playing basketball. I'm like, what the hell? Was how did y'all get How did that all start out? Shit, nigga. Wall is life. <laughs> but how did with the celebrities and everything? Well, to be honest with you, we, um, we met in the gym. So ball is there and I'm, I'm pushing ball. That's in the dock too. I'm showing you how celebrity games came. I'm pushing ball. And then one day my mom told our managers, you're going to stop just making them do interviews. You're going to stop just pushing my kids around. They need to have some fun. So they said, okay, well, what do you think they should do, Miss Bivens? She said, let them play ball. She didn't really know what she was saying, but she was trying to get off the work to do some kid shit. Right. And you know our first celebrity game was against? The WBLS short shots. <laughs> <laughs> so we got these bearded niggas with elbow pads and knee pads, <laughs> seven feet tall looking like Kareem, and we out there dipping and shit, and yeah. they looking at us like these little motherfuckers <laughs> think they're doing some shit. And then we was like, we tired of playing them niggas too. They too old. Then they took us uptown, PS201. And, um, it was so motherfucking packed out there, man. We had a half of a gym packed with 2,000 girls and boys outside. So after the first half, we kicked everybody out the gym and brought in a whole new crowd. So we in there playing ball, and this one nigga initiated me as a ball player because I thought I was this shit. I met a nigga named Mike Boogie, and he from Harlem, and he shook the shit out of me. Shout out to Mike Boogie. You know Mike? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So Mike, I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? Big, I'm thinking like, fuck this shit. I'm Boston, we New York. This is it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm moving this shit. And I'm like, damn, I'm on skates. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, this is New York ball. So, you know, a nigga like me, I'm thinking I'm nice. And I was nice. And when you do this shit, you know what this is in ball? They call that open it up. Right. So them motherfuckers open it up and I'm yap, 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 yap. And I toss it to a big nigga and he boofed it backwards. Oh, and I got this sanction from Mike. He said, damn, little nigga, you got me back. So Mike Boogie was my new addition, celebrity game initiation. And then we took it to Todd Bridges, Full Force. Mm. And now that shit is after celebrity game on Friday night at the All-Star. New edition ushered in the celebrity basketball game. We Damn. created that shit. Wow. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, ain't no way to 
<clears throat> I know you know the business in and out. You figure out how to get a check out of that? Um, you know what though? Back then, it's like you charging the kids, but it ain't the concert. It was even better letting the gym get packed because the gym was just as packed as the Coliseum. Yeah. Mm. So you gotta think they screaming, oh my God, look at Ralph in his shorts. <laughs> you know, and Ralph and Ron and dancing and shit. I'm like, come on, nigga, we trying to, you know, I'm taking the style. I'm taking it all serious. And shit. Right. Rick, I'm like, Rick, you sit over there and nigga hit that jump shot. Right. Bob think he gurving and shit. He's flying. Motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> wall will go like this. He's like, I look good though, right? So, you know, we, we felt like. It's better just let them come in and make it look packed than to charge them. Because we're going to see them later at the Coliseum anyways. Right. Mm. And um, it was just another way to interact and to connect, which was different because, you know, we R&B niggas. But y'all really miss something. And I know y'all is hip-hop niggas and real niggas. But let me, let me ask myself this question to answer a question you mm. might have not known. What people don't know about New Edition besides the candy girl to cool it now and that is when this rap shit was popping in 83, right? We would go on tour and play Coliseums, but the Houdini, the Fat Boys, Run, Doug and Slick, UTFO, they couldn't go into the big house because of the beefing. So the promoter couldn't get the insurance for the building. Mm. So... When we went on tour, we would headline. It'd be Houdini, the Fat Boys, Ron, Dougie mm, Fresh. So if you, right, so if you came to a new edition concert as a 14-year-old, you sat through five fucking rap acts because they couldn't move around. Mm. So we kind of helped hip-hop move mm. into the Coliseum, oh, right? So check this mm. out. One day, we get the call, and I think we were here doing something. And they was like, yo, can y'all come by the set? It was like, what set? It's like Crush Groove. It was like, well, what is that? Oh, They're shooting a movie. Right, yeah. Right? They were like, oh shit. And I think we had our silver outfits with us and shit. They was like, yo, come film this scene. We don't know what the scene's gonna be, but we wanna just say thank you. So we went and did the Crush Groove with, you know, running them and Blair and all of that. And that was hip hop's way of saying thank you. Yeah for what we did for the concert. That's why we're the only R&B niggas in that movie. So, mm, so, so. That's, that's official right there. That's official. That is official though. Wow. All right. All right, so at this point, Bobby went solo. Still want to get into that Johnny Gill though. Johnny Gill, was, was there any, any, was there any static? Did, did, did Bobby feel a way about um, Johnny being in the group? I never spoke to him about it. Mm -hmm. It was never, never, never anything. Because okay. it's a whole nother situation. Mm. So he ain't had nothing to do with that. Did it take, did it take long to get acclimated to a brand new Well, guy? that's kind of in the movie. That's the version we want y'all to have. Uh, and I won't <laughs> want to do that to you, man, because you ask good questions. But I just feel like what we said is what it is. Right. So we'll see it in the movie. Yeah, just look at it this way. He was a blessing. We worked it out. He brought a hell of a sound. He helped make the Any Heartbreak album have maturity. Mm -hmm. And um, his only biggest adjustment was the routine. But um, 
His voice was impeccable. He's like the big bro today. And um, I say it all the time, like, it's like a woman. You know what I'm saying, sis? It's the nine months and shit. I want a pepper steak and cheese. I want french fries. I want ice cream. And then the baby, she's screaming. And then boom, the baby comes out. You hoist it up and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we went through. Just a lot of growing pains. But um, the Any Heartbreak album turned out to be a beautiful Fire. child. Yeah. Fire. But yeah. it was so much Fire. shit. Now, let's go back to this question. Can you stand the rain? Mm-hmm. Is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's version of our dissension? Mm-hmm. Sunny days. Can you enjoy knows. love them? Mm-hmm. That's when the music started coming from what was oh, popping. Art imitating life. Yes. Okay, gotcha. the video, the, the newspaper said is, is new edition mm-hmm. losses. Yeah, edition yeah because Jimmy and Cherry felt this, so they put it to music. That's why that record hits a little different. It's really about us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So out of all of the great times y'all had when those rainy days came, can you withstand it? Can you stand Can it? Can you stand yeah. it? And then Johnny's song, Boys to Men, his only solo record on the album. Mm-hmm. That was the next thing to take us over. You know what I mean? And then, 40 years, nigga, if it isn't love, why do it I feel this way, way, nigga? You know what I mean? So that album is our Shit. musical biography at oh, that time. time. Mm. How old were you by then? Damn, you keep messing with these numbers. <laughs> no, I, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. You know why? You know why? Because I'm a 68 nigga and that's 88, so I'm 20. Mm. 20. Yeah. Double numbers. You was throwing me, I thought I was on some 33. I was trying to figure out what's that okay. subtraction? That was easy. <laughs> 88, 88. I got that. <laughs> that I was almost out. lost for a second. But in between this time, you're developing a keen business sense. Mm-hmm. You're starting to to notice, okay, this is how this works. I want my own group, so I want this, I want that. How's that affect? I was about to ask my nigga Zoe, can I take it to Queens? Can can I give him can I give him the real shit, Zoe? Huh? Can I give him the JMJ? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. You got it. I give love him the, that story. Mm-hmm. Shout out to JMJ. Yeah, rest of the This this is it. Right? Anyone give me all of this, but I, I wasn't all, I'm still transitioning, right? Mm-hmm. But I had a really good friend named Jam Master J. And um, after our shows, I wouldn't even go in the room with them. Back then we was at Holiday Inns, you know the shit that go up two levels outside? So my little ass, I'm trying to carry, help him with the record and shit, you know? He's like, come on, you little weak nigga, I'm gonna carry this stuff. <laughs> And we just sitting in the room and, you know, Jay smile, I'm smiling. And then, you know, one day he's just sitting there talking to me. He's like, what up, little nigga? I'm like, what up, Jay? <laughs> he said, how many points you get on your record? Mm-mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in the room and shit, the whole conversation switch. He just asked me how I'm doing and then he just gut checked me, <laughs> right? I said, I don't know. He said, nigga, you don't know how many points you get on your record? I said, nah. He said, do you even know what points are? I said, no. He said, what the fuck you don't know what points are, Mike? I said, I don't know. And you me, I'm on my Boston. He said, well, nigga, what you get? <laughs> right? And so he said, I get 19 points off of every record. 
And I'm like, well, points is one thing, but what is that in money? You know, gave me a little tidbit. They got like a dollar, two dollars, some shit. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. And he said, man, you need to stop paying attention, man. You just yeah. running around here and shit dancing and shit. You don't yeah. even know your fucking business, You're man. You're hearing it again. Yeah, so I'm yeah. sitting there like this, but Mac, I'm smoke is coming. Because yeah. Jay's, he's in my ass, and yeah. I, I only can take that shit so right. much, man. Right. <laughs> so he's like, yo, you need to learn how to do your shit, man. You can't make music if you don't know what your royalties is and this, that, and the third. And I said, you gonna stop yelling at me, nigga. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so... You know, because that was like my, my, my brother. Right. He said, well, I'm just trying to teach you some shit. I said, Jay, I'm fucking leaving. I had enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but stay with me. I said, yo, I'm, I had enough. Man, I'm about to go get with my niggas and tell them this shit. I really didn't know what I was telling them. I just went downstairs in our room because we all hung up in the room. I said, yo, you know what points are? You know what this are? They're looking like, what the fuck is you talking about, mate? And I didn't know, but what I did is, I looked on the back of an album cover and I seen something that said Jump and Shoot Productions. And I didn't know what the fuck that was. Come to find out, we thought we was about to go sign with MCA, but we were signed to a production company that was signed to MCA. So I remember that when we did the second album, you know, and then that's why in the movie I'm coming in the office and I'm arguing with Joe and he's cursing me the fuck out and, yo, motherfucker, don't talk to me like this. I seem like I'm always getting cursed the fuck out for some reason, right? <laughs> but I realized just because I'm challenging niggas. Right, and, right. I'm, and I'm only gonna let a nigga scream on me for a little bit. Then I'm gonna say what I got to say. But then that's when I realized from the J thing, I kept that. I looked at the cover. That's how we went from a production company and firing them to signing directly to the label. That's when I took off. Mm. Shout out to J, Master J. Oh yeah, love him. Rest in peace. Oh, he, he, talk, Wait, so, he talks to you tough too. Oh my God. Wait, so so Mike, so you, after you had this this moment and you this learned revelation. this stuff, this revelation, you took off to start BBD. Like what happened? No, no, exactly hold on, hold on. I want to know: was right. you getting any points? Um, or was the nah, production company taking the, the whole? They shit? was taking everything. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they were the third yeah, party yeah. company. Yeah, they was taking everything. How many albums? You know, man, we did five, five and seven years. And then the deal with MCA was the Coolin' Out album, Count Me Out album, and they did some fly shit. Snuck in the Christmas album, not against the five. Mm. Snuck in the Under the Blue Moon album, not against the five. So you know, five, five albums, seven years. So they did two on record, two off the record, and we got rid of them right there. So when we went in the heartbreak, we went in directly signed to the label. Mm. All of our business changed. Mm. $18 million tour. Niggas started off with some niggas owed two hundred thousand in taxes, didn't even know about it. Damn. Mm. Niggas was going on tour, hurting. No nigga, you owe the government two forty eight. You owe the government two fifty six. You owe this. We was like, what the fuck is this? So mm -hmm. the money they was t taking, they were putting it on us and our taxes. 
Wow. Mm. So that tour paid for the taxes and put everybody jump free, jump street ahead. Mm. Wow. Best thing that happened. The wow. the stories about That's you guys' contracts being messed up are like legendary. It's like boogeyman stories. Everybody hears about how new edition legendary pioneering loved by all these fans and the contracts were never quite right there was always somebody's hand in it who, whose hand shouldn't have been in it and you now to hear that you were the guy were you do you take credit as the guy who no uncovered that I, or not? I take credit for getting us out of the production and getting us to the label and finding the lawyer to do it joel mm -hmm. katz Mm. You ever saw that book, The Hitman? Yeah, yeah. He's in there. He's a real one. Mm. For real, for real. So <laughs> someone put me with him, a dude named Chuck Morrison, who passed away, who was the head of Coca-Cola. Me and him was friends. He put me with Joe. They both out of Atlanta. Joe went in there and cleaned it up. Mm. Not me. I just okay. knew that something was wrong. But, you know, if it's 83 and you get a contract, right? And it's 40 pages long. What's the most important thing in that paperwork to you? How much money we gave? Right. Mm -hmm. All that other shit, indemnification, and you can't move first rider with the universe. Yeah. My mamas didn't know that shit. They like, yo, y'all getting money and y'all gonna be, you know, Stars. doing something and we're happy for you. The shit is this big, son. Yeah. You know when you sign the paper, you think you fly doing this shit. Is all the bullshit is going by your hand? Yep. Yeah. We're fucking you this that. year. You're getting fucked next year. <laughs> you're gonna get fucked the year after that, and your albums are gonna cross. You you have to have a very wise attorney, right. and you don't even got the money to find them. Mm. It ain't that you're ignorant. You just don't know who to know to get to who you need to know. Mm -hmm. Right. So most niggas get fucked. Not because they stupid, it's just that the attorney you got, he might still be learning this shit. He might have just came from the bar. So what he know? Right. No, legalese is a is a very real no, but, no, but you in the but you in the projects, right? So mm -hmm. you know you 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 got the lawyer that might live in the building. Oh shit, such and such is a lawyer, but he ain't a music lawyer. lawyer. Which is a whole different thing. Right. You don't know so, the terms, right, the jargon, and, all that shit. Right. right. And you gotta think when you when you know you do better, but I just think that, you know, the paperwork, the contracts and all that, you know, if we would have allowed that to stop us, we wouldn't have had a tour in life. Because what do the contracts mean? That's the six month, 12 month, 18 month money. Nigga, we've been touring since we was 14 and ain't looked back. We fucks with the bad. <laughs> For real, that's 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 really who we are. We're we're in the music business for the box office for touring. We only really made six albums as a group. Hmm. Do the math. Interesting. No, mm. no, it's you got Candy Girl, Cool It Now, All for Love, the two that don't count for. <laughs> you got any heartbreak. any heartbreak. You got Home, Home Again, Again, and you got One Love. What's that? Six, seven albums. Mm. That's the new edition discography. And you got 40 years. So you add that up. How many albums per year? 
You ask me, yeah. nigga. You got to come on with it. <laughs> what is that? Six into 40? What is that, man? Eight? What is that? That's about eight. seven. Seven and a half. Every, seven. And that's not consistent. That's not Jay-Z shit every summer. Right. That's... And it ain't even spaced out like that. It's, it does that if you do it mathematically, but we got so frustrated with it, we felt like, let's just stay over here. We... We better at what we doing can control than to be controlled. Hmm. What? Okay, so but going into Biv Ten, I know you were determined to make it different for the artists you were bringing in. Well, you know, Biv Ten wasn't even my dream. That's that's my producer right there, Rico. He been Rico. with me the whole time, and and even that is who the young boy. Yeah, Rico. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> that super producer. Right. Um, people don't realize Bib 10 wasn't my first company. The first company was a production company called Bib Entertainment. You understand? And to me, as I'm finding my way, I realized niggas was calling everything the productions. Such and such production across 110th Street. But I always thought that was the niggas putting the show together. I said, nah, man, my shit's gonna be bigger. I'm gonna be Bib Entertainment and all these umbrellas. So I ushered in the word entertainment, and Boysterman and ABC was the two acts. And because of that success, I got Bib 10. That's the oh, label. So when people see me, they be like, yo, what's up with Bib 10? Bib 10 is not as successful as Bib Entertainment. Bib Entertainment was like 12 million boys to men, four, two, three million ABC. Like mm. it's a whole difference in terms of success. And because of that, I went there. But what I did was I said to myself, what was that? Maybe 13 album back then, 11? What's those numbers maybe in the 90s? What we buying the album for? 13 or 9? Like, like, but you know what I'm saying? Not that 9, not that 9 shit. 9 is not even 9. That shit is 6 now. Yeah. So you figure it was 13, then it went 11, right? So I'm sitting there. And I'm CDs going, came out. Yeah, but I'm, Matt, I'm just talking about the cost to buy the album, right. the way the numbers was coming down. So I sat there, right? And when my man Joe, the Godfather, he's like, I'm going to give you a label. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm going to, you know, give you your own thing, but, you know, I need to work out some things with you, with boys to men, and this, that, and the third. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, now, what did you learn? What you going to inject? And I realized the money we made and generated was a lot of money, but we also had point structure. We didn't have dollar structure. Mm. So I knew he needed what I had. So I said, okay, well, guess what? We're going to be 50-50 partners. Mm. I said, ain't a question. It's the only way it's going to happen. And when the nigga needs you, they say yes. Mm -hmm. Right? He said, okay. And knowing Gerald the way he is who taught me, he found a way to freak it where he's comfortable. And that's Gerald. That's what I learned from him. And then I said, yo, man, you know, like this music game is all fucked up, JB, man, but you like one of the best things that happened to me, man. So can you do me a favor in my contract? He said, what? 
I said, give me 50-50 after expenses so I don't have to count points. I didn't go to school to 10th grade. Nigga. I don't know what 18 points. Fuck that. I know what dollars is. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to take care of you. I said, but there's one thing that's important to me. I said, if you die, I want to get out of here. And he explained to me that was something called a key man clause. Mm. That's what I put in my deal with him. Because I ain't trust nobody else. Wow. Mm. Now, the key man clause, that's what they put on all artists now. Standard, oh, wow. right? It, it's, it's, it's not well, standard, no, but if you ask for it, it's pretty it's normal. It's normalized. Yeah. Right. It's the insurance on any, any artist that passes away. And, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't if he died... If he got fired, no, and that's moved. A di- what you're talking about is a different thing. Okay, you're talking about the insurance. He's talking about if if I go into a deal with you specifically, and for whatever reason, you yeah, that's what I was about deal, to say. Right, if I he die or he leave or yeah. anything that's mm-hmm. out of his control, I don't want to work with nobody. If else. they fire well, him, there you okay, go. Then you, you, there you go. There you go. Whatever, whatever happens. There you go. Right. You figured that out, thank no, you. No, no, you, you mm. because we've been talking about this insurance thing with rappers lately. A lot yeah. of labels are putting life insurance on rappers yeah. in case and, they pass. But it's away. called the key man. Like I, I, it's, it's a it's a I'm different sure version. The original version key man clause yeah. is if I sign you, if I'm your A and R and I sign you, and you you institute a key man clause means the label fires me or I go to another company, you get to leave. I get to walk. You, right. you get to walk with all your shit. Right. Like whatever whatever we've worked on up until that moment, you get okay, if you cool. arrange it that way, you get right. to leave. Cool. Yeah, and that and that when the regime no, changes a happen, yeah. a lot of artists get kinda that's, kinda that's, fucked that's, up. That's well you, you really don't you really don't want to work with certain situations too. Right. You know. And then sometimes they try to make it better because you're coming in from a relationship and, and that kinda happened with me. And um, it was cool. And I think what was going on, I did it for the artists I was working with. Like, well, I don't want to run around. Let me let me figure out how to make this work. But that to me was important because of how much I loved him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love you more than just this music. Like, what you've given me is priceless jewels. Right. You leave, you get out of here, I'm out of here too. Mm-hmm. Well, let's reel it back. Ralph goes solo. Johnny Go Solo. It's just the three of y'all left. Before you get into that, let's take a five minute break. Like, you know, being a little kid hearing that, I always thought like, yo, the, I don't know why at such a young age, because I wasn't even really interested in doing music at the time, but that, right. that record always sound like it was just produced so well. Like, yeah, that's what I was just telling him. Like every element of music you can think of was in that. Yeah. 60 soul, mm-hmm. fucking boom pap. Um, the, 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 harmonies, the strings, the, 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 the harmonies, the, the, yeah. the horns, 
Yeah, like it, it, it just, that it just seemed like a, feel an to event. It. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. But before we get to that, shouts to them. Yeah, yeah shout out to all those men. Right? ABC, legendary East Coast family. They had a young nigga going through it, man. <laughs> At the playground, oh, right? <laughs> Let's not wait for the dry. Broke up with my first girlfriend around that time. I was oh, like, God. Oh, Bad idea. Terrible me. idea. Well, Every well, time I heard that song, I died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they should have turned on Jodeci, the opposite of <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the evil villains to voice. No, the opposite of that was Snoop. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Snoop got me through the breakups. Snoop would get you through it, bro. Track number fifteen on Last Meal. If you're going through it, Just play that shit. <laughs> play that shit. But before we get there, I was saying, Johnny go solo, Ralph go solo. You guys are left. I know there were whispers, like, what are they going to do? Is this where they fade out? Because we see it with other groups, how, OK, uh, Timberlake, he'll go solo, and then maybe one other guy give it a try, and the rest of them just fade. Mm -hmm. What was the decision process at that point? You mean, what was the reality? The reality. Johnny joint new edition having to finish his album. And he probably might have been a little mad at me then. And his AR was definitely mad at me, Lil Silas. He passed away. But I kind of was nudging Gerald to hold him up so he could do our album. But he was in LA working on his album. So thank you, bro. Right. And, um, you know, he probably didn't like that. He's like, oh, what about me? And he hung in there with us. Right. So he went to go do what he had to do. Mm-hmm. And I think um, with Ralph, natural progression. Mm-hmm. That's Ralph Tresvent. You know, that's the dumb daughter. So, you know, he just probably had to figure out his sound. And I know he loved Jimmy and Cherry, so that's his comfort zone. Now you're talking about us, right? <laughs> um... Well, we understood what was going to happen, and we might have just sat on the bench because we would have never thought, you know, we could do something together. Our program wasn't programmed like that. Mm. We like, no Ralph, no Johnny. Not like Rick, some shit you can just overlook, but even Rick didn't see that. He like, yo, because Rick's, you know, Ralph's his man in the group. And, um, you know, Jimmy and Cherry suggested we be something. And, you know, the chatter was, you know, niggas can't sing or niggas ain't going to be nothing. They the forgotten three. And, 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 and we heard it. And it was okay. I mean, you know, we didn't do anything to prove you wrong. You know, we were just getting better at what we were doing. Right. And um, we started off making like these real sexy R&B joints. And we felt like we wasn't really even being the group. But the crazy shit was when we found out we were a group is we went to a meeting that we weren't aware of. And they brought us in the office and they said, you guys are a group. Who's they? The MCA people. Okay. You know. 
It was like, okay, so we sitting in there like, the fuck you mean we a group? And it was like, and we got the name of y'all's group. So this is really turning up. So he was like, the name of y'all's group is Bell, Bibbins, and DeVoe. And us, you know, and our sarcastic shit. And I'm on my shit. I'm like, that ain't the name of our shit. That sounds like Ray Goodman and Brown. Right. <laughs> and then I think Ron and Rick said, yeah, that shit sound like a lawyer firm. Right. And then Cass used to always mess up my last name and spell it B-I-V-E-N-S. And my mom hated that shit. She was like, that ain't my name. So I said, listen, the name is hot. It just needs to be altered. Get rid of that INS. They be fucking it up anyways. We gonna be Bell Bib DeVoe. Ron said, that's it. Mm. So we had the name with no music. <laughs> <laughs> we doing the sexy records. I think Ron in there singing some Make Me Weak at the Knees. We in the, we in the other room listening to songs going, what the hell are we, are we doing? doing? <laughs> you know, and then bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Oh. Timmy and Wokey came with that smile again shit. Mm. And Rick went in there finessing that shit. Tears and all that shit. Mm. That and then shit. it started coming. Then they came with another one. I do need you. Mm -hmm. So in that first recording round, we got two ballads. But we ain't had a shit. We just had two ballads. And our manager at the time, Hiram, he had the golden nugget. He had the cassette. Dope and poison on the same cassette. Oh, wow. Mm. So he come to LA. He like, yo, I got the shit. I think Al B. Shaw turned it down. Somebody else turned it down. Freeze was probably putting it on his album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, he come shit. to my crib. I got a crib in LA. So I, I guess I I got a crib, but I ain't leave Boston. I D Boston. I said, fuck it. Okay, we make a little money. I get a crib out there. Whatever. And he played it. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right, but I like dope. He's like, you don't like this record? I was like, it's all right. And this is poison. But I'm like, and she's dope. I'm listening to the title. I'm on some other shit. I, 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 we go over to Rouse house where Ronnie's at and Rick. And we pull up in front of Rouse crib. He like, you know, I had a drop chop. So he cocks the cassette and we play it. Ronnie's like, holy shit. This shit is crazy. And Hiram's not our manager yet. He's just kind of hanging around me. He looked at him. He said, nigga, you get us that record. You could be our manager. Right? <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm like, damn, Ron putting his chest up and shit, you know? Yeah. But he heard it. And then nowhere out of nowhere, I guess him and Ralph was having a get lifted session. So yeah. they sitting in it like this and shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is another story behind the story of how we get down. <laughs> Ralph's like, yo, I need a part. Rick's like, nah, Ralph, you're not getting on this record. He's like, I need a part. Ralph wanted to get on the joint because it was so hot. Right. And um, we went in and, you know, Freeze is like, yo, Mike, you up the back. I thought I heard a ghost and shit. <laughs> I said, what you mean I'm up the back? You know, you got the first part. I'm looking at this nigga like, you got jokes. He said, nah, nigga, you gonna start off this record. I said, what? So said, get in the booth. Girl, I must 
girl, like, nah, this is relax, nigga, girl, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be Ricky and shit, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Multiple takes, I ain't gonna lie, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm trying to breathe. You know, they niggas beat you with the mask, sing from your stomach, Mike. <laughs> you know, bullshit, y'all this bullshit, right? <laughs> Rick, like, yo, just calm down, Ron, like, you got this shit, Mike. And so I knocked it out. These niggas, Spider-Man and Free, say, yo, Ron, you're next. Ron, like, huh? Say, yeah, 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 yeah. Ron goes sings the second part. We like, oh, shit. And then here come, you know, here come the cleanup, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then Rick comes in, right? And all that. First, he do the verse first. So we finally heard something coming to life. Structure. Right. You know, like, okay, nigga, I got a little four bars, okay, whatever, Ron, okay, then Rick, you know, Rick. And then the joint, and then um, that record there led to dope. And then back to the Godfather, I went and played him the music. And I said, well, we got this song, this song, this song. Quick question, uh-huh. where did the poison scratch come from? That's Spider-Man and Freeze. It came together. It came together. But I'm, I'm trying, I'm gonna get there. I'm going to show you how that record even sounds the way it sounds. So I play him my music, and he said, yo, man, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. Y'all need to get the fuck out of L.A. and go to New York. The sound is coming from the East. Mm. And um, us being friends of, the, uh, of um, Public Enemy, you know where I'm going. We like, we want them niggas. So I got with Hank, Keith, and Eric. Bomb Squad. Yes, and we went in with them, and then we did our thought it was me. We started really rounding it out. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, right, Ron again, you know, <laughs> we, we was listening to the mix, and Freeze and Spider did a good mix, but it wasn't the mix. And then Hank said, let me take a stab at it. Went down to Green Street. Niggas was tuning that shit with the drums, hitting them knobs, doing that Rico shit, tuning it up. (laughs) And from that point on, we knew we had the gutter sound because they gave us something that wasn't in the mix. They gave us the PE mix on Poison. Mm. That's why that motherfucker cranks. And that's not not even their joint. Hank just did that as a solid. Wow. Mm. Hip hop yeah. smoothed out on the RB chair with a pop feel. Yes. Pill. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> now, Poison Hits. I won't go around the room. <laughs> you hear that record for the first time. Oh, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I was so happy. I thought they made a comeback, you know, just from three hours. Happy for real happy. Powerful, universal. Um, I just lost my virginity. Sheesh. To that <laughs> oh, to that you was out. Yeah. To that record. What you thought, Ray? I knew it was a hit. I was still in high school. Yeah. And I was over at one of my buddies' house after school, and it came on, and I heard it, and I was like, that's crazy. And I remember my, my mom used to throw these parties. Like remote and the DJ that came and played later on, uh, yeah. like a week or so later. And I remember he was playing the party, and I went up to him, like, Yo, you got that poison record? And he was like, Yeah. I said, Put that on. He put it on. 
Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. I was a young nigga. I was in Bed-Stuy at this time. So that shit mm-hmm. hit. You know, motherfuckers was still wearing the Bart Simpson shirts and the, <laughs> the Batman <laughs> joints and all that shit. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers at the Fuzzy Felines and all that. Yo, that shit. I don't Yeah. That was, it was like a... It's like... Yeah. I fell in love with music around that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? What was that, 90? 90. Yeah. 90. Yeah. But you know the science behind it, right? The record label didn't hear it. What? Yeah. They said, we'll never get this shit played. <laughs> <laughs> Remember with the low pro code, she'd be cut like, like an afro. What you saying, yeah, huh? Right? So they listening to like, you guys are going from suits and what? What is this? We flipping our Emmys. We in our Timberlands. Our dancers buy us. Spray down jumpsuits. Our dancers bought us these $15 boots from the swap meet in LA because our dancers is from Cali. So we we rugged on the bottom. We got leather vests, t-shirts, jeans. We we on our black jean, you know, Dean Martin shit. We Mm. we 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 killing it. And we like, well, you know, so when y'all gonna put the record out? It was like we we're not putting it out because we can't get it played. We tested it with the regionals and no one can hear it. So us, we look at Hiram, we go, yo, man, fuck this shit. They don't, don't want to take it to radio, we just going to take it to the block. Mm. We snatched up about um, 12 or three, nine niggas from Inglewood, basketball players we played with from Roger Park, Lusky and Al, and all them guys. And we got on the tour bus, right? And we went across the country playing celebrity basketball games, running out to the court to, yeah, got it out there, and the fucking gyms was packed. So Mm. as the record was moving and we playing, we went and saw Luke in Miami. Mm -hmm. We, um, who else did we see on that tour? We we fucked with Luke. We was in Dallas. We did Boston. We did about 10 cities. We had an MVP trophy in the championship, so whoever won, you know, we left something behind. But we realized that the power of going to the people broke the record. There's really not a DJ on radio who can say he broke the record. You guys after yeah, after we did the tour, we um was with Lionel Martin, Fiskers people from Classic Concept. Right. He's coming off the third base videos and we have meetings to figure out who could do the video. And um he was like, give me a shot. Took us to Brooklyn, we up under the bridge, motherfucking zip below 20 out there and shit. That's why in the video, niggas is mad covered up and shit. It was cold in the motherfucker. And he was giving us something and the video was done. And we thought about, well, how we gonna break it? So we go to Video Soul, sit down with Donnie Simpson. We on TV by ourselves for the first time, trying to figure out how to be cool and shit. And Ronnie's in the editing lab with Lionel. Like, this nigga Ronnie really be on this shit. So he's in there editing. I don't know what the final cut looked like. Rick don't know. And then, you know, somehow or another, Lionel sends it. Ron brings it to the um, video soul. And it aired for the first time on TV. And it's really the first time me and Rick seen it finish. Ron knew what it was, right? And the motherfucker came on, nigga, and that record just... Yes. So the the point is, the point is this: each member in the group 
is having their moments. Remember, we started off talking about Ralph. Mm -hmm. Then you asked me some shit about B. Then you want to know about Johnny. Right. But then you got to know about Ronnie. Even though it's I'm here, it's my shit, but these is my niggas, my brothers. From the moment he heard it at Ralph's house, he heard something I didn't hear. From the moment we was in the studio, he helping me with my parts. From the moment we did the video, you know, all I knew is I wanted to sit on the rim. I still got to stay ball. So I'm yeah. sitting on that motherfucker, <laughs> needing the ladder, I'm short and shit, and I'm hanging, my feet is swinging it. Right. I'm having the time of my life. And then him doing the editing, and I tell him to this day, I'm not sure what you were thinking or what you were hearing, but you saw it through. So Ronnie DeVoe is partially responsible for helping me and Ricky understand the song. Right. Ricky just delivered vocally. And when we was done with that part, then it was showtime, which is my shit. So now we, South Jamaica, we in the Coliseum, we right. fucking with the Shirt King. That's right. right. Faze my nigga, you South know what I'm saying? Side. But I meet Faze through, I meet, I meet, I meet Southside, what up, Fish? Yeah. I meet Faze through Eric B. Eric B plugs me into Faze. Right. So he stopped making our clothes. And now it's time for us to go on tour. And you know the shit we used to have on our clip, the sky pager? Mm -hmm. We getting lifted one night, another lifted moment. I'm like, nigga, we need to walk out with our names across the screen. They was like, what you mean, Mike? I said, nigga, we gonna put a 15 foot beep where that motherfucker gonna come down in the sky, boom, and then the name gonna go across. We gonna walk out on stage one by one. We gonna be the illest niggas ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we went one step further. We had the dancers go to the payphone on stage and, do, 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 do. If you would like to leave a message, and that motherfucker said, Bell, Bib, the roll of smoke. And we came out and Faze spray painted our stage. And then the Bell, Bib, the roll life started taking flight. We had the graffiti on the stage. We had the big sky plagia. We had two basketball hoops. We slowly started falling into who we were. Mm. But because of the first step with Big Bro with the song, that motherfucker monster still keeps the lights on. Mm. If all goes wrong, nah, I gotta ask. that won't be wrong during the night. <laughs> <laughs> the label didn't want to put it out. Nah. It breaks. What's your swagger like when you walk back in that building? Um, we was busy, bro. Hiram dealt with the building. We we did a triple threat tour with Key Sweat and Johnny Gill. We sold out. MS3 four nights, nigga. We did the forum mm -hmm. for a night. We was on some four shit. What they, mm -hmm. uno, dos, tres, guatos. We was on some guato shit. We mm -hmm. was moving. Mm -hmm. And then after that, MTV wanted to get into the BBD business. So they did their first ever tour. So we left that tour and headlined the MTV tour. Now we in Seattle, Washington. We in Des Moines, I, nigga, it's some whole other shit. We was looking at cheese heads in Madison, Wisconsin, shit mm. you see with Green Bay, right? right? And we realized that we're really moving into a different stratosphere. Like, this shit is really Taking real. Off. So we didn't play the building. We was too busy at that box office. Right. Remember I told you, we, we knew what the bag was. Right. Y'all can have all that other shit. This is mm. what we gonna eat tonight. And I think... Um, it gave us confidence, you know, and it allowed Ricky to shine. Beautiful diamond. Because where they thought we couldn't make it, 
they forgot who our lead singer was. Mm. Can't go wrong with that nigga. <laughs> Money Green. Mm. You know, always been there. Just always been just sitting there, hitting that falsetto, looking good, slim, big brother, black and white nigga, don't like no bullshit. But he's the clutch. He's the Manny Rivera of the shit. Whose idea mm. was it to get changed on stage? Mine. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because R&B niggas do what, bro? Mac, they want to go behind the curtain and shit and come out like you surprising people. Nigga, you've been on stage for an hour. Right? right? So we sitting there. And no, me and Rick another left it moment, you know. Right? And so I said, Rick, fuck that, man. We just gonna change on stage. Ron's like, what you mean, nigga? I'm like, nigga, we're gonna put lockers there and we're gonna put the next outfit in the locker. And we just gonna open that bitch up, took our shirt off, took our jeans off. Back then, niggas was wearing fruit in the loom. The draw game wasn't sexy. We didn't have the Versace shit. I looked at the video like, damn, my shit is a little too wide, right? <laughs> <laughs> what the, the chick, I didn't wanna use that word. The chicks, you know, ah, and we playing Do Me by Prince. Damn, damn, baby. We setting you up for smack it up. We we making our way there. And we realized when we did that, that was one of the biggest screams of the night. Because our mentality was like, fuck it, why can't we? We already got a beeper in the air. Every drug dealer still at the concert checking on his work. So niggas is with us in the show. But when we did that, it was like, fuck the curtain. Let's just dare to be different. And it worked. And we would we would change into a doomy shirt. So they screaming because it was ready for the latum, datum, datum, did it, did it. You know, we going into it. And I think then we were so in our zone, it started coming through the show. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Did you get phone calls <laughs> from like Bobby, Ralph? Need a remix. <laughs> no, <laughs> to get on. no, no, but but you know, be like flavor. You know, don't get them twisted. The nigga knows some hot shit. Yeah. That nigga showed up to the one. He showed up to the third video. Bobby, right? If you look at the end, I thought it was me. It's Ricky, Ronnie, Bobby, me. The camera goes down the line. He said, I gotta come get some. And then it went one step further. We played the forum, and um, Ralph and um, Johnny came. So we backstage. It's the fourth night, and they like, "Yo, guess who's on the left side of the stage?" We was like, "Who?" They said, "Dre." They said, "Well, guess who's over on the other side of the stage?" We said, "Who?" Ralph and Johnny. That shit right there was the best feeling in the world because. Our two powerful leads got a chance to see the work, what we become, and then to see this nigga who don't get out much, sitting there like at a show, Dre, it, it, it's, it was a good feeling because it was phasing into chronic and all of that. And just to know that the, the magnitude of the success was hitting it. But I meant stop. I, I forgot to mention at Madison Square. Guess who was in the fourth row? Puff Daddy. Mm. 
So niggas was coming out of who they were and getting into what it is. Right. You know, Dougie's hitting me, yo, nigga, what the fuck? I heard y'all murdered it the second show. So I realized poison was kind of creeping us through other crevices. And they were looking at us different because the industry was wearing like sexy shirts and baggy slacks. Right. We showed up at the Soul Train Awards with the jeans and the boots and all that. So when you see Jodeci and you see What's the 411 and you see TLC mm. and Jagged Edge, we kind of move niggas into a different Different era. Nobody's different doing move, that before, y'all. Yeah. Right? Nobody. Yeah, because when fact. you go to a war show back then, this real talk, you know you're going to wear, you're going to the suit store. Because you're trying, to, you're trying <laughs> to look like a star. Right. Well, we showed up like, fuck that. We used to wear suits with no addition, but we're going to be BBD. Yeah. And people looked at us when we went downstairs at this hotel to go to the award show, right? Our manager said, niggas, y'all going to get dressed? We said, nigga, we dress. <laughs> <laughs> so we get in the car and we like, yo, just stay strong. Stay true to what we believe in. And believe it or not, the, the, the help of Shirt King and them out of Queens and the jean and the boot going from the swap meet boot to the Timberland. Then it was the boot and the sneak. I mean, we started getting a little crazy then. Yeah, yeah, and then the yeah, back all that, right? So y'all did that before Chris Cross, the back was closed. It's on the front cover of the album. Wow. There's a um, I was just online fucking with JD last night. I was like, nigga, you gonna tell the truth? You gonna cut a check or you gonna write a song? So, and I don't like to skip subjects, but I'm going to give you the, the story of it because we're still new addition, institutionalized and not wanting to be so far from the group. That's why the end of Poison says, shouts to Ralph Trezman, Bobby Brown, Johnny Gill. We're still kind of the background of the group. We don't look at it like, fuck them. In the whole, any Right, group, yeah, right? In the whole. So we're still like, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to get over here. And so I had this jacket, bro, right? This motherfucker was a 3X. You know where we was in the 90s. Niggas was here and right. shit looking like balloon pants, like right. Missy shit, right? <laughs> and um, I was on set, and it was a leather jacket we had made. And it, it didn't have nothing on the front, but it had no addition written on the back. You know, and I was just like, you know, I think it was Ron. I said, yo, zip me in, nigga. So I go like this. You know, what you doing, Mike? Nigga, I got the show. The shit. So he then he zips it up. So when you see the poison hour cover, that's a zipped up backwards jacket. Wow. Mm. And then when you go to the remix cover, Ronnie has on a patchwork backup jacket. And then we did that. And then you know JD had this dream, you know, to go with jump and he thought of it and you know. I let him have that for a little while, but he's got the cash. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the cash. Yeah. And he's in the dock too. Right. Oh, no, yeah, that's no, my guy. No. Matter of fact, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he's in the dock. I love I him to death, but I'm like, come on, run it, nigga. Let that go. <laughs> let that go, bro. What, did, what was your reaction when you seen that? When you seen well, he Chris Cross and all that? Don't be claiming that it's mental. Right, right. Oh, oh, yeah. So I went online and said, bad, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I went online and said, yeah, nigga, that was a hot line, but come on, man, stop. <laughs> and the crazy thing is everything the BBD was mental. That's, that was our slogan, shit is mental. Mm. So he, was, he made the right record, and um, it caught me off guard. 
because the kids, ABC, they didn't understand. What they were saying. Yeah, and why. And why, yeah, what's the point? You know, so we we looked at it like, damn, and I'm not like no. Chris Cross, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not thinking they how you think, bro, too. with, huh? I said it was on fire, too. When it was a dropped. great record. Right. Yeah. But you know, now a nigga hit it with a, with a bar, you go to the live and you counter punch, right? right. I didn't counter. I, I was like, yo, what the fuck? You know, we didn't think of how to come behind it. And, and there's some freight trains you can't catch. Right. That motherfucker was a monster. Mm. We just didn't understand the slap. Because when you say shit is mental, that's really more the BBD than it is the ABC. Because right. we gave it to them. Right. And um, I don't think me and Ron and Rick caught it like that. I think when they did the style, that's when we used to say that like, oh shit, these niggas on the front of their cover and these baseball shirts and because we're not like self-promotion men mm -hmm. like yo we did this we did that right. we kind of just sat back like the bosses and just let it go by right. but then when you read the <laughs> stories and you know the j coles and they're like yo i love the crisscross and the backwards shit you're like hold up man that's our shit <laughs> 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 you loved our shit yeah. Yeah. that's what you did you, you know, know what i mean shit. and it and it and it was such a big style but where they didn't mention it, TLC did. Mm. We're the female belt of the boat. Mm. So where we wouldn't get it over here, we would get it over there. And then we realized, in terms of the culture, our stance on clothes reshaped why R&B groups look like rappers. Mm. Facts. So you could start at the bad boy building and come on down. Now, yep. Mm -hmm. Because up until then, niggas was in what? Suits. A motherfucking that hard body. Shoes. Oh, oh that shit. I, I think Bell Biff DeVoe actually was the one who bridged R&B with hip hop to where it's not, it's the R&B yeah, that, that became a part that, yeah. of the hip hop fans. Well, you know? well the, the graffiti kept us on the block. Faye was mean. Eric was close by. You know, so we getting some of that Brooklyn and Supreme shit. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of elements from my relationship and things that kept us connected so that even when we did it, you could respect it. Like, you know a nigga trying. Right. And you know a nigga that deliver. Mm -hmm. It's just some niggas, you, you don't got to say nothing to them. Real recognize real. And they kept us insulated. But we didn't try to walk like we just got out of jail. We just liked it, the element of the hip hop, the basketball hoops, because that's who we are. But we never went too far with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's not our life. And um, did y'all ever think about at that time, uh, like starting your own merch? And we did. Y'all did. Yeah, we uh, we gave Starter their kick. Remember the the Starter's BBD jacket was one of the first um, merch deals. That's crazy. See, this is when Starter was up in Norwalk, up there in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I know, um, I forgot what town it was, but um, they made our jacket. Yeah, mm -hmm. that we was there at the beginning, and this is like ninety, ninety one. I didn't know that. Huh? I didn't know that. When yeah, you get a chance, Max, it, the BBD jacket. No, hundred yeah, percent. We was it up, there. I, I did not yeah, know that. we got that with Starter, and they did our hats. That's crazy. It was called Flip Side, something like a Flip Side. Yeah, because matter of fact, out. they made the hat inside out. Mm -hmm. So like, bro, if you took your hat and took the end lib, that was the crown. Right. That was their way of trying to inside out it. Wow. Freaka had it different. You know? Wow. So now I understand why Criss Cross and ABC 
Yeah. Had they little thing. But, but they don't give them kids, you know, and, and they're not kids. Them niggas is grown men. Love y'all. Right. Rest in peace to Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't give ABC enough credit for what they did for Atlanta. As I look at your hat, right? Mm. You got to think. When they came out, you know, with their manager, Kevin Wells, my partner at the time, my thing was to put kids on BET. There was no kids on TV. You know, it was just adults. And Atlanta was bubbling, but there really wasn't nobody killing it. And Scrappy, T.I., the generation that came out that blew up, yeah. all of those niggas tell you straight out their mouth, those was the little niggas we wanted to be like. On this show. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, but when people mention the A, they don't respect Aisha. They're not respecting Playground. Mm. But those two videos is what shook up the young girls. Mm. Mm. And they, they were in front of the movement. Now, what happened with Outkast and how it started coming, the goodie mm -hmm. and all that. Right. Those is all great talents. But I'm talking about shorty doo-wops. Mm. Them little niggas was the first. And mm. sometimes I just hope the city and people continue to say their name because they inspired some of these rappers that we really like right. to want to be an MC by just seeing them on TV. It's a fact. We, we have Bow Wow. Yeah. yeah Bow wow he, he said he didn't like Criss Cross because they, cause he was an ABC fan. Uh, Illegal, Illegal was on some ABC, he said, too. Remember little Malik and them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Remember the, the youngsters? They the were youngsters. all over there with ABC. All yeah. of the little wild yeah. little niggas was with, with them. And when you look at them, like if you had a little brother or son, you'd be like, yo, Red, run with me, nigga. Like they was them type of little. Right. They from College Park. They 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 some other little niggas too. Yeah. And I think that the, the jump record they took it on, they took it on the shoulder, but they was never just some corny little kids. They don't even look corny now when you look at them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they not corny little kids. They they represent that a well. Wow. And um, I'm thankful for them because why, um. Why didn't they go past the second? Like, I went to the Bib Ten. Remember, I tell you, it was some deal making, and and I hate to say it this way, but you know, we had to drop jewels, right? I only made one album with both of those groups. Mm. I did the Coolin' Out the Playground, Bev Entertainment. And Coolie I did Coolie Hot, oh, and yeah. then I went to Bev 10. Mm. Why? Well, that's in the dock. And Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you good, you good. I ain't gonna do you like Stay that. Stay running into the dock. No, 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 no. I told you you're my research guy. I got you. But it was. Gerald was making a move with Motown and what I had he needed. Mm. That's it. It's like when you go see the Godfather, you sit down and he's putting water on the flowers and shit, you know, <laughs> and he's talking to you, but he's doing other things in the office. And me, I'm saying, okay, I know what you need. So we just sat down and worked it out, mm -hmm. you know. And that's what you do when you got respect and honor because he turned me into an executive. Jay just taught me business. Mm. He the one that say, you find some groups, come see me. And he brought something out of me I didn't even see in myself. So when he needed me, I wanted to step up. I wish I would've did the deal a little different. 
<laughs> but um, you know, I thought, you know, you you show respect because the shit he taught me, man, is Jews. For real, for real. Like whatever Arista was doing, or Sony was doing, or Capital was doing, A and M, I knew all of that shit. I knew what each building was doing because my boss was the boss of bosses. Mm. So any black executive over there with a problem, they would call him. And then guess who else would get involved? Clarence Avon. Clarence Avon's go-to young executive was Gerald. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the office listening to Clarence Avon in one there and Gerald in another. And I'm in my 20s. Mm. Wow. So I know shit about people and their deals and because remember when you're an exec or a label head and you get messed up, you can't call him. He fucked you. You gotta call the you gotta call the Queen of Man. Yeah. That was in our building. Queen of Man. Speaking about the business deals, we got a it's a legendary lyric that we all know, you know, the 50 cent lyric. Robin, you know, boys to men like I? a Michael business. What, tell yeah. us about that. Anything you want to elaborate? Fish, I'm gonna tell him. I was waiting on that too. <laughs> yeah. So, I so when I when I heard the record and shit, it was on Hot 97, right, Trav? Yes, sir. We was in the car the other day talking. I said these niggas gonna ask me about that fucking record, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, bro, right? I'm in the car and I'm listening them go out of everybody. I'm like, this shit is crazy. Indeed, I supported that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Love that nigga too. And then I come up, right? I'm like, oh shit, what is this? <laughs> right? I ain't know how to take that shit, right? <laughs> so one day, bro was at 94.5 uh, in Boston doing the um, mix show. And I'm like, call the studio, I call the station. I'm like, yo, put that nigga on the phone, man. And he get on the phone, ha ha ha, what up, babe? Right? <laughs> it's kind of like my first time meeting. I'm saying, yo, nigga, what is you talking about, man? How you gonna do me like that? Right. He said, Mike, man, I'm just making a record, man. That's all. It was just some shit to get it popping. I, I don't know why I just heard Ja Rule's voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard Ja's voice. Right. shit, goofy right. shit. Right. <laughs> and he's so, he was so smooth. He was happy to get on the phone with me, big, and I just laughed. I said, I get it. So I never, it never fucked with me personal, because when I spoke to him, he made it seem like, nigga, I'm just, you know, I'm just talking shit. Yeah. And um, I said, all right, nigga, great record. And boom, we got off. And I never spoke to Fifth ever again. Wow. Hmm. I ain't going to lie, a lot of the times when people mention your name, it's like a shout out. You know what yeah. I mean? To no, get you back hot. You know what I'm saying? They acknowledge you. Yeah. Uh, Nas always shout. Mm-hmm. Red man shout. I'm in there. I'm in there. And it feels good, like what you were saying, Lotto. But the shout could be for clothes. The shout was for 360 waves. The shout was about um, hustling. So it made me feel like some rap niggas was respecting the personality. Right. You feel right. what I'm saying? And um, it's good when you can hear your name in the good light. That one there just caught me off guard. Because you got to walk in that shit, baby. you like, damn, is that what they think of me? 
You know, I'm saying, you gotta walk in that shit. And I'm so low key. I'm the nigga creeping around the corner. Yo, 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 trap. What it look like out there? Okay, we ain't really loud niggas, you know. So I was on Front Street, and it um, it let me know with everybody else in the record that I must have put a point on the board. Cause he was only mentioning niggas he knew yeah, had yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, fuck it, you know, take that one. And um, it was good. But the good thing is, them yeah, niggas I made money. Mo- the, and the good yeah, thing is, dope. them guys was protected. You know, whatever business we had, they knew. Mm. I got what I got, they got what they got. We didn't need no one to explain it to us. All we did was change the PCs. But they didn't come and get mine and I didn't have to come get theirs because it was even. There's one deal that was the best deal ever made. And you know who it was made by? Elvis and the Colonel. You know what that deal was? I get 50, nigga, you get 50. I don't need to see your books. You already know what I got. Easy. Boom. Split. Yeah, but yeah, but the Colonel fucked Elvis over like. But listen, I ain't talking about their deal. It's the easiest deal when you're in business with somebody. Because if we make a dollar. Oh, I got I got you. Okay, when we make a dollar and you get yours and I get mine, mm-hmm. there's nothing in between. I don't have to sign your check. You no, already no, know I, what yours is. I, yeah, I get it. And to be honest with you, so y'all all know, <clears throat> I never signed the check for none of my artists. It all went straight to them. When we signed that deal with Motown, I told the CFO, this is coming from New Edition. If I pay you, then I'm responsible for your shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But if they pay us, you don't never have to call me because I don't collect it anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So I made it, I said, listen, whatever the money coming, you send it to their accountant, you send it to my accountant, boom, boom, boom. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no artist of mine that could ever say they seen my name endorsed on their check, on the memo or the back. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I couldn't fuck with that because that's funny business. It makes you responsible for their shortcomings. So that two in the morning call, Where's my shit at? No, call that nigga. <laughs> Don't call me. Don't call me. How did you even discover them? Who? Boys and men. It's in the dock. It's it. <laughs> they ran on, down man. on him. It's Leo season. They ran, they ran down on him. Yeah. He said it's Leo season. It's Leo All I can say truthfully, bro, I, I almost didn't discover him. Mm. So people think it's me. No. That's not the truth. You'll hear it. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, I ain't Superman. I, I didn't, I, um, I just listened. Cause what they did backstage, they did it twice. And I just sat there and I'm trying to be BBD. We working on the Poison album. So no one's in executive mode. Right. They're trying to get on, right. but we in Philly trying to get back to New York, because we staying in Secaucus at the embassy, and they're singing backstage, like, yo, put us on, but none of us executives. We, Belbim DeVoe, and no one knows. So I'm sitting there, you know, and Nate like, yo, man, what you think? I'm like, yeah, you niggas is nice, but 
you singing our shit, you want me to say y'all sound better than yeah, us? Like, right. you know, we laughing. And then I'm like, listen, man, I don't know what I could do, but I live in a hotel in LA. Take this hotel number, take this room number. I'll be in LA in two weeks. And then I thought about it. I was going right to Secaucus. I could have just gave him the number to the embassy, but I wasn't thinking as an executive. I was just trying to help them. Right. And then that's when the story started. He actually called two weeks later, and then in the doc, you see how it progressed to the deal. Mm -hmm. So that kid, Nate Morris, turned me into the executive to take up jail, tell me, if you find the group, come see me. So in actuality, the kid and boys to men put me on. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. So do we do we fast forward to the album you did with Bad Boy, or do we jump in the home again? Like no, no I want to know what it was like working on another new edition album, but being established. The competition is the group that you got signed. Um, so this 90, so our album in 96 after then would be the Home Again album. Mm -hmm. Well, the name of the group is the name of our song. Their, um, their style was um, taught by our manager, Brooke. He gave them the dance routines after, um, you know, Divine Stevens from um, Atlanta. He participated, Marvin McIntyre participated. I think we looked at him like the family tree hmm. because of me. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I think the guys, you know, looked at it like they're an extension of us. So we never looked at it like that. Like competition. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they looked up to us like they wanted to be like us. They wanted to meet us and, you know. Yeah, but after a while, Two different, two different things, Matt. You know why? The crowd looked different. Nigga, mm. we want their crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> their crowd was, yeah. You know, we had our crowd, right. but they were, I mean, let's, let's just keep it real, right? The label really didn't want them. So I had to fight to get them on. But on some real shit, Dumb niggas opened the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Mm. You know what that is on the world stage, man? There's only two big moments at the Olympics. The opening ceremony, the closing mm -hmm. ceremony. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember who kicked off the 1996 Olympics? No. There you go, Rico. Say it louder. Ali, that's... He lit the torch, he bro. He lit the torch. Oh, wow. That was it. Right. So wow. it goes from Ali to boys, to, to men, men, to the games, and then the funky shit, the bomb, right? In the village. Right. So to me, and this is real talk, I'm in London doing the Home Again album, and we go over there on a jet and shit. We ain't never been on a jet ever. So we flew to LA, to London, and you know, we over there, it's around my birthday, and you know, we want to shoot a video over there. We get, you know, we get London lifted. That shit is mm -hmm. good over there too. Yeah. So we yeah. over there. They put tobacco on this shit. Oh, but it was good though. Man. It was good. 
So we over there and we trying to do videos and the label's like, no, get on the plane and come back to LA. It's over. The promotional tour is over. I got coins. I'm like, fuck that. We ain't getting on no plane. We staying right here. Johnny was like, all right, see y'all niggas later. <laughs> Him and Brooke gets on the plane by themselves and fly to LA. Bobby stays, Ron stays, Rick stays, you know. And I'm like, I'm gonna buy the tickets. We're gonna stay in the hotel. Wooty woo. And they did it. I brought my birthday in, tore down. I go in the room and then I look at it to the beginning and I see them singing on TV. Remember, it's five hours ahead over there. Right. So it's like, um, what would that be? Eight o'clock? It's like 12, one yeah, or two it's, in the it's morning. Like three in the morning. Right. So, so I, I see I them. The Mayweather fight. It was like, yeah. Same time. So I'm in the room going, damn, I remember nobody even wanted these niggas. And what I did for these niggas, man, and as a man, it just started coming down. Mm. So I'm, I'm already saucy. So you know how you get when you yeah, saucy. Yeah. You already in your little emotional, right? So it's, just, it's coming down and I'm just feeling proud because that was confirmation that whatever I gave them was crispy enough for the world to see it. Mm. And it just made me feel good, but I caught it out the country. So that's why I'm forever connected to them into being an executive and feeling like part of my trajectory was to help that sound make it so that the world could hear it. So I, I take pride in it. That's a big deal. That's a moment. That's a moment. That's a moment. You'll find it, Matt. Just look for it. It's coming. Yeah. Find the next one. You looking for it. Gotcha. Just go whatever you feel. You did them niggas. What else you got? Oh. <laughs> I'm throwing Ali up to Mac. <laughs> I got a couple. I got a couple. I got a couple. There's a few. What? Oh. Go. <laughs> Shaw Summers is one of them. Mm -hmm. Ohenny Savan is another one. A woman named Saba, the goddess. Is another one. Those three for right now have all my attention. And there's there's a handful of other dudes that I've I've shouted out on the show who are doing their who are doing their thing. But I, I got my eye on a, a handful of some really talented individuals. Just a matter of it's not what we was talking about. Changing the climate. I don't know how you got there, bro. Right. Oh, but I, because I want to have one of those moments. Nice. I want to I want to have one of those. Like that's that's kind of. There's a, there's a lot to say, but it's, it's almost what you do it for. You dig yeah. what I mean? But even to just change the landscape. I gotta be honest. It's London. crazy. Mm -hmm. I had a moment in London. First time I, I flew out there to battle. Mm. And that was like unheard of. Like battle rappers wasn't flying out to different places and shit. And I battled Shadi Horror. Shout out to Shadi Horror. He was, the best guy out there. And when, when it was over, like the whole crowd was hanging out with me outside. That's, that's when I found out 
I was like, what the fuck you putting in the weed, nigga? Like, oh, yeah, 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 dropping yeah, yeah. cigarettes and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I had a chick on this bad chick waiting for me. And right. all of a sudden her man came up and grabbed us. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going on. <laughs> but later on that night, I went back to the hotel and went for a walk in the middle of the night. Right. And I was just contemplating, like, you know, I got kicked out of high school. Been through all this shit in the hood. And right. I'm in fucking London right now. And I mm. and this club, Juicy just came on in the club. Biggie. I'm walking by and it just comes on as I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I had that moment right there. And it connected Tiffany. you back. Yeah. 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 It made back. you feel like you was home away from home. Yeah. Like, yeah. But but like I did something. Like, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. an epiphany. I know there's more moments coming. Mm -hmm. Might not have been as crazy as the Olympics thing. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's out of here. But for me, that was a moment. I never forgot that shit. Mm -hmm. well, shit. I had one with I had one with them. I had one with you. I had one of those moments with you and your boys. Wow. The Out of My Mind record on Buster's album. I ain't that album. And I fought to keep that record on there because he's had that record for so long. It's one of those things where you, you get ear blind to it. You just you yeah. hear it so many times, it's like, ah, yeah. this is old. And I fought to hold on to that record. And the day of the video shoot, they showed up. And I was on the side watching everything. And I'm, I'm listening to this record that I've, I've loved and like protected. No, no, you can't kick this off. This one stays. Fuck that. This one stays. Right. And here they are coming to shoot the video and Buster's super happy. And dapping them up, y'all raised me well, and blah blah, and, and, talk, and talking back and forth. And there's a scene in the video where Bus is at the bar with like Mano is there, and Special mm -hmm. is there, and mm -hmm. a bunch of other people. And Bus goes, um, "Met, you gonna come over here and toast with me, or you gonna stay over there on your fly shit?" <laughs> <laughs> Sound like me. <laughs> did you toast? Wait a minute. What did you toast, man? Cranberry ginger ale. He was like, nah, 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 fuck that. That was a rhetorical question, nigga. You coming over here. So there's a scene in the video. Good where, buster, by the way. <laughs> got to practice. <laughs> there's a scene in the video where he um he me and him like toast. And it was it was him shouting me out. Like, you know, this is your record. This is the record that you, right. you fought to keep. Right. And all these people, the girls are dancing. They're like doing their numbers. Like, you know, right. you know, yeah. they, it's a moment. they're doing the whole thing. Right. And I'm sitting there watching the whole thing happen. And it's like, this is, this is what I, I didn't even think it was going to be this ill. But look at all this production. Look, And here come these legendary dudes coming at it with, with the matching coats and the hats yeah. and they're dancing and doing it. Look at this shit. This is crazy. And, and Buss insists on me coming out to toast with him to be like, I see what you did. And you know what's crazy? Mm. How many had, years was it you made it before it was released? About four or five, right? That yeah, record? Yeah, no. And yeah. you know what's crazy? Maybe once it was cooking, Chris called. And he said, Ben, you have no idea what we're doing. Listen. So I heard it over the phone from Lighty while he was in the studio. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Mm. And I was like, wow. But I was like, Lighty, but we don't own the joint. He thought we owned the joint. Mm -hmm. That joint is owned by somebody else. 
Mm-hmm. So it was it was interesting when he had the deal, the Empire thing, and he called and he said, "Yo, man, I need y'all." And of course, we said, "When, where, when we gonna be there?" So I'm happy we did that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Man. You've had so many legendary moments. Was London you know, your favorite? No, Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson was my favorite. Oh my God. What was that like? That's a legendary photo. Um, What's this, the black and white video? ABC's in the video with Mike. We in the Sony lot. Right. And they're making the video. You know, Kevin's there, the manager and everything, mm-hmm. and they're just having fun with Mike. And then I heard MJ was down the walk, down the joint in the Winnebago. You know, Mike's my man. Right. You know, so I'm walking down, and they wearing Jordans. So I was like, yo, I'm, I got to show them. I'm a boss. So I go down, <laughs> and boom, 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 I knock on the door. And they're like, who is it? I said, Mike Bev. He said, can't you see we playing cards? I said, nah, the door's shut. <laughs> so he said, open the door. So I opened the door. Mike's sitting in the Winnebago with his people. They playing, they gambling. Right. And I'm like, yo, yo, Mike, I need you to do me a favor. He was like, what you need? I said, man, you got to come meet ABC. He said, well, where are they? I said, they up there shooting a the video with Michael Jackson. He said, all right, give me 15 minutes. So I walk up, then I walk back down, 1401, 1402. I'm counting down to 15 minutes. Right. Boom, 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 boom. He said, damn, man, you see me playing, Mike. I said, yo, Mike, please. Mike gets up. His man gets up. The other dude get up. And you walk up the hill together. I'm like, oh, shit. Walking, towering over him. He got his shorts on and shit. Right. And I'm like, yo, Mike, you um, you ever meet Michael Jackson? He like, nah. I said, okay. So in the doc, I really go through the story. But to make a long story short, the shit gonna bug you out too. When we walk in, the photographer run up on us. This shit is funny in the doc. I don't wanna tell it now. And then somehow or another, I cooked the deal with the photographer. And um, Mike goes, takes the picture with Mike. He's got the little black and white thing on his shorts, and he kept his word. He said, come in. So I come in, hit him with this shit, cross <laughs> up, right? <laughs> and then you take the flick, and the deal was, I'll get you the flick, you give me the flick. And so that's how I got the flick. But when you see it in the dock, it's all colorized. And yeah. it's, it's Mike, Mike, and what is it, y'all? Project. That's how Project. I love it. Project. 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 Mental like a king. Look at my picture. Who did I tell you I want to be? Like a Jordan. No, an NBA player. Right. Mm-hmm. So who's over here? Oh, the king of on. NBA. What did I get redirected into? Music. Who am I standing between? King of pop. Michael Jackson. Wow. So what was God telling me? You in the right motherfucking wow. lane. <laughs> you in the right motherfucking lane. Absolutely. That's a fact. 
No more questions. That's the end. That's that's how we wrapping it. Yo, um, again, little kid walking through Bedford Stuyvesant. Nice. The sound it woke something up. Mm-hmm. I remember going. I went to Barbados after that. Fight. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted right. to. Be, you know what I mean? I wanted to be these people that you were behind. I wanted to be PBD. I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, thank you for your contribution. For so I'm sure there were millions of other talents, and to sit here and dissect your career and see the echoes of what you guys did throughout the years, throughout different groups and the influence. It's probably to the point where some people just don't know where it came from at this point. But no, you're gonna watch this show and you're gonna figure it the fuck out. Right out. Thank you. Fish, hold on. I got the floor. Let me, let me just say this to y'all. So I'm a sponge and I'm a studier and I like real shit. Right. So I tracked you down. And what did I tell you? I said, y'all show moves me, mm. but I ain't ready. So we texting, when you come in bed, not now. When you come in, and he's like, this nigga playing games. Right. I stayed what? on it though. No, but listen, <clears throat> but we became text friends. Right. We checked in, right? What was important to me was when I was ready, because I had something to say, like I said in the top, I just wanted to do it somewhere it felt normal to me. Mm. And this is something you don't know, because that was a hell of a closing. But I want to tell you where my mind was as a hustler at nine years old. I used to go to a barbershop called Progressive Barbershop in Boston. And my mom only gave me money every two weeks. So I only could get a cut every two weeks. But all the ball players niggas kept seasons looking like jail lineups and shit. I'm like, these <laughs> niggas is fly. Right. right? And I'm trying to be like them. And so I'm in the barber shop. We used to have like those chairs and dude had like the cream and shit, bro, with the the, the blade. I'm like, what mm. type of shit is that? I was like fancy mafia shit to me. Right. And he was an older dude. And so I'm sitting there going, damn, man, I got to get fresh. I only could be here. I got to go play a game. It's Saturday morning. But I noticed the fucking floors was dirty, right? And I'm an OCD nigga. So I'm trying to talk to the owner. Yo, yo, you know, Cash, can I talk to you? Don't you see me cutting someone's hair? I'm like, yeah, but I want to talk to you. So when he finished, he said, come here. What do you want? I said, listen, man, I'll come here every Saturday and sweep your floors. Just give me a cut for free every Saturday. My first job was sweeping floors in a barber shop. So coming up in here mm. is why I tracked you down. Because wow. this is home to me. Wow. Mm. wow. You know how you got the gold tea, nigga? Yeah. I wanted a lineup. Smack rapper, only smack rapper that you know is smack rappers. Got bars, I can hang with the backpackers. Trap star, I don't hang with the backpackers. I'm in the hood with the work you heard. Making fiends leave earth, you heard. Got your baby mama thirst, you heard. Feel the flow, nigga, throw it in reverse. This the way you need to surf, you heard.